Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Spider-Man colon homecoming. Flip, 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 swing, 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 flip, flip, Spider-Man. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi! Abe, you're back! I'm here. I'm back. From the future. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other movie topics. This is episode 291! 291! 291? That's... We're one away from another palindrome, Aaron. In our numerical palindromes we love and enjoy so much. Uh, this week, for 291, we are talking Spider-Man, colon, Homecoming, the latest Spider-Man entry and MCU entry. We got another one so soon. And yeah, that's 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 what we're talking about. We got Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> and uh, joining us tonight to discuss Spider-Man Homecoming, we have from Maxwell's Chop House, he's recently ah. overseen the construction of a new Death Star made from Legos. It's Maxwell Hadded. Hello, everybody. And from ComingSoon.net, his last trip to the Washington Monument did not go so well. It's Silas Lesnick. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. Good to have you guys both on. Maxwell, a fierce competitor in our current summer gamble. I try the best that I can. And Silas, just happy to be along for the ride. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. But no, good to have you guys back here. How are you both doing tonight? Pretty good. Good, yeah. Good. All right, got the pleasantries out of the way. Now the now the, now the battle can begin. <laughs> but, um, let's uh, let's get to some show notes stuff real quick here. Uh, let's start with this first. Speaking of the uh, box office gamble, um, which uh, Abe and myself, along with Maxwell and several other uh, frequent guests of the podcast, are all a part of. This is where we predict what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films of the summer. Um, and we are full swing into summer right now. No pun intended. Full swing into all summer right. right now. Did not do it. I didn't do it on purpose. I swear. Uh, no, that was a good one. That was a good I, one. Yeah. I, <laughs> but, um, so uh, we had obviously, obviously a big one, Spider-Man: Homecoming, which we'll be talking about later in the show to this this week. Um, a lot of us have it predicted fairly high, with good reason, I would say. And it opened with 117 million dollars this weekend. Not bad. Not bad. And. Um, if my if I'm playing my cards right on my personal top uh, top ten, this because Wonder Woman's overperforming and Despicable Me three is underperforming, this might be the first time I get Spider Man right in a damn top ten list for the summer. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yes, I think so. But uh, no, yeah, that's a, it's a big gross there. That certainly you know puts it pretty high. As again, we all pretty much thought would. Actually, you have it pretty high, Andres. I did have it pretty high. I think most of us have it at number three, if not somewhere around. That is where there. mine is. Yeah. Uh, we, I think we were all thinking Despicable Me 3 and Guardians were, uh, you know, going to be the, the tops, but uh, we'll see where things happen. But hey, kudos to uh, Wonder Woman for blazing 
Well, Wonder Woman is still doing well, despite the fact Very that well. another superhero movie's come out in the midst of other movies that have come out since its you know early June release. Still made ten million dollars this weekend, so it's it's pro- at this rate, it's probably going to be the biggest grossing film of the summer. Um, yeah, knock, knocking all of our number yeah. one picks out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Congratulations. Well, we still got a few weeks, but well, yeah, yeah. Uh, not for nothing. Uh, Despicable Me Three did make thirty-three million its second week. Um, certainly high. It's certainly uh, making that money. Um, not making that money is Transformers: The Last Night, which is in its third weekend. It made six million. Just a reminder: Wonder Woman sixth week of release, ten million. Ten million. Transformers third week of release, six million. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing, right? So, we certainly don't want to see. Uh... 10 more Transformers movies if they're just going to be a whole bunch of really long, long, long time burners. I imagine there's going to be some discussions being had about how they make the upcoming Transformers movies, but uh, that's not Beast what we're here to... That's not, yeah. Yeah. that's not what we're here to discuss, though. We're going we're gonna to get into the things, you know, things that are shining bright. But yeah, that's a little top top 10 recap right there for the Summer Gamble. Still exciting. Still a lot of things that can happen. There's some big movies that are coming out within the next, you know, four weeks alone. A few weeks here, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, let's, let's move on now. Um, what else? Uh, our contest, we've had a banner photo contest for a little bit now, and I'll say by the end of July, I'm hoping we get something or else I'm going to just, you know, end it off as far as who You're going to give yourself the DVDs? <laughs> yeah, uh, but we've <laughs> we've been wanting to get a new uh, fun Facebook uh, page logo, uh, like a banner, yeah, banner. banner photo. Yeah. Um, we're asking anybody, they, they can submit something in, something that fits the vibe of the show, it's summer movie related, it says out now there and Abe on it, nothing explicit obviously. Um, and anybody that's you know within the U.S. will be happy to kind of mail a prize to for any of the person we you know choose to have a banner for. And if anyone's outside the U.S., we'll think of something fun. As a we'll prize. think of something nice. Yeah, we'll yeah. Something Ooh, fun. yeah, I know. I like prizes. prizes Ooh, yeah. Good. You know what? I just remembered, Abe. What's that? We got a new iTunes review. We did. <gasps> we did. We did. Hold on. Stop the press. I'm gonna open up iTunes right I, now. Let's see who can open it up faster and who can vamp better as we do this because we're gonna find <laughs> this review. <laughs> We're going to find this review, and we're going to read it, and all of it's going to make it to air. No need to edit it's this part, because we're air. definitely going to edit it, or not edit it, after I find it. I think I have it right here. Okay. I got the review, guys. <laughs> no okay. It's, uh, this one is from Ot88, as in A-W-T-8-8, Ot88. Um, it's, it's very lengthy. It says, great host, and if you love movies, you should definitely check this podcast out. Super lengthy. Yep, that's it. But you know what? Good, strong review. Can't argue with it. It is a strong review. It's a five-star review. Thank you very much, Ot88. Abe is a great host, and I am here also. And (laughs) people that love movies should probably check this podcast out. So... I don't I think, think that's what the review says, but thank you. I appreciate it's, that uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's working out. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's great. Thank you for that review. Um, By the way, I just clicked on Odd88's name in iTunes, and there are no other written reviews. He's only written, he or she has only written a review for us. So Which which I can, only, I can only assume means they're like, I don't use iTunes, but I've heard these guys talk about movies in the mask if they want. So I'm going to sign up for iTunes because I probably use a droid or something, but whatever. I'm, I'm risking it all to write <laughs> one iTunes review for out now there in a day. And, and you I'm, know what? It was well worth it. It was so well worth you. it. It was worth it for, for these last few minutes on the podcast alone, despite how many listeners we lost because we devoted time to it. But anyway, well, they're going to be forever in the cloud. That's right. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, commentary track. 
Uh, we do a commentary track every month. Last month we did T2 because why not? It was awesome. Um, the, T2 has a Terminator 2. I, people don't know T abbreviations what? these days. I, I how would you? I, I liked know? Abe. If it was a different time, I'd probably say, yeah, T2. No one needs to know what that means. But yes, I have to say Terminator 2 out loud because who knows? But regardless. Could be train spotting too. Could, yeah, uh, exactly. Which actually has it in the title. Like, yeah, so, it does. Right. T2. Yeah. Train. <laughs> but yes, we, we it's a new month, so we will be doing a new commentary track. Uh, we'll be figuring that out. And it'll probably come out this this coming uh, Friday, actually, since there's a lot of things going on in the next few weeks. So. I like it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll be doing something, so stay tuned. Um, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. We just read an iTunes review, which was great. That was yeah, fun. It, it was, was really fun to nice. Read a new it was one. a nice surprise for me. Yeah. But if you want to say something good or something bad, whatever, log on to iTunes, search right now out there on an Abe, give us a star rating, cool. Give us a written review, that'd be even cooler. It would be very cool. Or anything else you want to write in, I don't know how many characters you get in that review space, but use them all if you want to. <laughs> That's true, yeah, I don't know how many reviews. Yeah, I am very curious about how know. many characters, because... If it's like a thousand, then that's that's a good lengthy, you know, two articles that you can copy paste your favorite movie review and just put it in there. Not even us. Yeah, this is a listicle. We should the three. So Maxwell, Abbott, we should put a listicle together. Silas, you can publish in the coming coming soon. A listicle. A listicle. Yes, on coming You can put up the top <laughs> top fifteen because it has to be fifteen or else whatever. Fifteen best iTunes movie podcast reviews. That's what we should we should get in there right now. I think we should get in. What well, the iron's hot. <laughs> Silas is, it, I, his, I can hear his silent nodding in agreement. So, yeah, we're going to go for it, guys. That's how yeah, I, I think it sounds like a wonderful idea. <laughs> I love the silent nodding part. <laughs> Needed to be added. All right. Mm. Um, <laughs> last, thing, last thing here before we kind of move on. Uh, yeah. First, Actually, first, episode 300. It's coming. It's coming. We have a, I think we have like a – we're setting up a time this week to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about it, what we're going to do. But, um, <laughs> Abe, you weren't here last week. I was not, no. Um, so you missed talking about Baby Driver, which I'm sure you'll talk about in the quickie, so we'll get to that soon. Yeah. But but we also talked about our our top five favorite movies of the year so far. Oh, okay. You don't need to necessarily elaborate too far on it, but do you have any offhand that you want to mention? Definitely want to mention The Big Sick, and I definitely want to mention your name. Those two, and Get Out. Those three are probably like, uh, I'd have to think more just to condense it down to five, mm -hmm. but um, those three kind of really stand out to me right now. Fair enough. And to extend the hand over to Max one Silas, you guys have like one pick for favorite movie of the year so far? You know, um, I, it might be Colossal. All right. Yeah, I think it would be the big sick for me. All right. Well, very like cool. That. Very cool, guys. Okay, let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to know everybody. We each week we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast. We better get to know everybody. everybody. All right. That was first, good. First up. The question I've been asking for all of our guests uh, since since the beginning of summer, since the beginning of summer, for obvious reasons, um, and we haven't had any repeats yet. I'm pretty I'm pretty proud about that, actually. Um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. It had a good soundtrack, but also Volume One had a good soundtrack. Which which side do you guys land on? Which one had the better soundtrack? I prefer Volume Two. Um, I. I've been listening to it a lot, actually, and there's a bunch of songs in Volume 2 I had never heard before, whereas most of Volume 1 uh, I already associated with other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's almost exactly what I was going to say. I feel like Volume 2 introduced me to and gave me new appreciation for maybe slightly more esoteric songs, whereas the Volume 1 soundtrack is great, but it was all stuff I was super familiar with and listened to a lot prior to that movie. 
Well, two votes in my favor, guys. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's two votes, and again, you know, I'm just uh, this unofficial poll we've been taking. Answer. Yeah. No, I mean they're both fantastic soundtracks. It's like yeah. you know, pulling at hairs. So yeah, right. Certainly, yeah. certainly our our main thought on this as we've been going through this throughout the summer. But yes, they, they are they're both really good soundtracks. But yeah, I I give the edge to volume two. Age gives the end. Abe gives the age. Abe gives the edge to volume one. I will say this, Anna and I, we listened to both soundtracks back-to-back this weekend, just because uh-huh. why not? Just a good listen. Doesn't even matter which one I like more. Clearly, I'm right. It's, it's but still, like only like it was a good listen. Each, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like little, it's like a little under an hour. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it, they both flow really well, which is yeah. certainly nice. But um, anyway, Abe, you got a question? I do have a question for you guys. If you guys could have one of Peter Parker's, uh, I guess, abilities, what would it be? Whether that's like super strength, climbing on walls, Spidey sense. Yeah, this may be cheating a bit, but I'd like to get bitten by a spider, go to sleep, and then wake up with a six pack. That see, that's a good one because I, mean, I just watched Spider Man again, and I was like, yeah, I wish that would happen to me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I could walk take a lot more work for me than you because I'm fat and you're not, but that's fine. Guys, I can walk up the street to Seven Eleven, go to bed, and wake up with a six pack. Hey yo! <laughs> but Aaron will nope. be here all night. Um, <laughs> with the Spider-Man power, do I have to pick a power that he has in Spider-Man: Homecoming, or is it any iteration of Spider-Man? Any, any iteration. Whether but does that include like cartoons. when he had cosmic powers, and I could just say like cosmic powers? Oh Jesus, Silas. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Cosmic cosmic powers. Powers. <laughs> from, like, the, from like the comic books and also the the cartoon series. I, I have to be honest though. If if I was presented the chance, I would not take it because it's surely a trap. Peter Parker is really bad luck, and it, it's going to screw you over super quick. No one's saying you have to be a superhero. I mean, you, you just have this power. Like I'd probably go Spidey sense. It's not like I have to use that to solve crimes all of a sudden. I'd just be able to be really alert about things. <laughs> is that going to be that helpful though? What is how is Spidey Sense not be helpful? Like probably, be a nice the only thing. thing it really does in your life be like you're not gonna break as many glasses. You're not gonna get shot if someone's trying to shoot at you. Oh this, look a bullet. This I sounds, all I, what, I, what I'm here yes. <laughs> given the amount of bullets I'm barely dodging already, this would just make it easier for one thing. But also <laughs> I would never have to buy insurance again. Like I could just go without insurance. I'd never have to worry about it. Wouldn't it be weird if the government came and they're like, no, you have to get insurance. You're like, no, I have one of Spider-Man's power. Well, given how things, can given, Spider-Man get, like, a stomach flu? Given how things are going right now, I don't think I have to worry about the government. Like, Spider-Man insurance. can get a stomach <laughs> flu. Um, he, the, uh, the, when he loses his powers in Spider-Man 2, is actually based off uh, the second time he fought Dr. Octopus, and he lost his powers because he was sick with the flu. Interesting. Interesting. So better be careful about that spoiled clam chatter. Peter Parker. <laughs> well, since we're if we're going to vetty any iteration of Spidey Sense, I'm going with Tobey Maguire Spidey Sense only. No, no worries about stomach flu or any of that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> to- Tobey Maguire Spider-Man One Spider Sense. That's what I'm doing. That makes sense. Abe, hey, what was your answer? You web slinging? Is that what you're doing? You walk crawling? No, uh, Spidey Sense is, is my answer as well. Oh, go I love see. Spidey sense. All right. Yeah. Abe and I are on the same page about this. No, it's, like it's the insurance thing, right? <laughs> okay. It's just a good heads up, even though it's a little inconsistent whenever you uh, watch the movies. It's fine. It's more about multitasking. I mean, you can know something's coming, but if you're already, like, holding a subway car, it's like, what am I going to do? Like, but, uh... Yeah, that's, it. that's an excellent example. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I got another question. Yeah, what's your question? Did you guys have a cool backpack in high school? Nope. Jansport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, define cool. Well, okay. What what uh, did you did you appreciate the backpack you had because of its like durability or its usefulness or because of its design? No. 
It was just a backpack. <laughs> I put so stuff my, in it. My backpacks would break a lot, and my mom would be like, oh, you're always breaking the backpack. And then she'd give me, like, a really cheap backpack because she's like, you're just going to break it anyway. And then it would break, and I was just stuck in a cycle of having a really crummy backpack. I guess I had a good backpack, like, in high school because I – we had to have laptops in classes, so I got one that had a laptop sleeve. That was pretty nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But so I that, never used my locker, so I'd have like eight books and a laptop in my backpack, and that's why uh, I so much weight. Stuff. Yep. Yeah, that was an <laughs> issue. In, that was an issue in middle school. I didn't have lockers in middle school. I just school. sort of forgot my combination and never bothered to ask anyone, so I was like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. I'll just be really <laughs> strong in case someone tries to pound me in the back. I'll be fine this yeah. way. <laughs> Nothing's going to get through that algebra book, that's for sure. Good old algebra. I, I now own Amazing Spider-Man's backpack. Oh. Which oh. Was part of a, a viral chase for the first film that was at my local comic shop. Nice. nice. That's like that's like a, a that's the uh, what you call it? Andrew Garfield backpack. Yeah. It, it's the Andrew Garfield backpack. It's got textbooks and notes from Spider-Man in it. That's and a angst. nice backpack. Yeah. Just just don't go in the water with that backpack. <laughs> All right. So with that out of the way, that's how you play. No, no everybody. everybody. All right, let's move on now, guys. Let's get down to quickies. Yep. <clears throat> Each week and out now, we have a movie that I talk about. Movies, movies I see during that side of the quickies. Yep. And all that rambling leads me to asking the question: Abe, what have you seen recently? I saw Baby Driver recently, and Baby Driver is pretty good. Um, I certainly like it a lot. I think there was a lot of humor in it. And then as the movie progressed, I was actually really happy that there was actually a, a pretty decent plot, not just all heist and driving, which I thought that it was going to be in a very fun way, because that's how uh, Edgar Wright makes his movies. But uh, I was actually kind of surprised that there was um, me feeling a little bit more, I guess, uh, concern for some of these characters. So that was good. You enjoyed and the stakes. The stakes were very good in it, yeah, because uh, some characters, however fun they look on the in the trailers... They either turn out to be you know, a little bit more than meets the eye, and uh, that's always a good thing. But uh, I certainly recommend it. I don't know if I would say that I super loved it, uh, but I certainly enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, the next thing I saw, The Big Sick. I saw that with a buddy of mine, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was um, something that I was looking forward to, and I wasn't sure how to really – you know, go about approaching it. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be like, well, it's going to be pretty standard uh, Kumail Nanjiani kind of humor, but I was really kind of shocked by how uh, funny it was in these moments where you're, you're kind of actively not trying to find levity. I mean, one of the examples I'll bring up is just him having lunch with Ray Romano and, and uh, what's, what's the wife's name? Holly Hunter. Uh, Holly Hunter. Yeah. At the hospital. And they're just talking about September 11th, and it's like I was not expecting that scene to be as funny as I uh, thought that it was going to be, or that it was, that it was. But um, yeah, certainly strong performances from everybody. I, I I feel like Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, like I wouldn't be surprised if they got best supporting um, in any sort of way. But it's kind of early, so we'll see what happens. But it certainly is a really funny film and very well done from uh, Kumail and his wife who wrote it, um, and then directed by Michael Showalter who. Uh, he's been around in these comedy circles for quite a while. And the last thing I saw, which was on Amazon, was Boogie Nights. I've never seen that before. You saw Boogie and, Nights before? And, and I've wow. ever seen Boogie Nights before. And I was like, you know, this is like the first original Step Brothers with uh, John C. Reilly and Mark Mark Wahlberg. And uh, it's it's funny, but it's also kind of uh, it's very much in uh, akin to a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson movies where there's 
a rise and fall and kind of like a, a story to, or I guess a moral to be to be dealt. Um, but overall, strong performances. I can definitely see why everyone's like, wow, this is like Mark Wahlberg really getting this um, and garnering a lot of attention for Burt Reynolds, who I thought was fantastic in the in the movie. That so, whole cast is ridiculous. The Sheetle, William, really H, William H. William like H. Macy, super, yeah, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's right, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, Julianne Moore. I mean, even uh, what's his face? Um, I didn't make, I didn't even know that Don, Don Cheadle was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, like William H. Macy, uh, Louis Guzman. So super stellar cast. And it's a really good movie. And I'm glad that I was able to see it uh, without, um, whatchamacallit, uh, without anyone actually spoiling anything for me. So That whole scene yeah. of Dr. Octopus and the Punisher. That's right, yeah. That one was super intense. <laughs> that scene is incredible. When they play is... Dr. Octopus and the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be careful with that scene because, you know, it might get a little gory. Well, how about uh, how about you, Silas? What have you seen recently that you can talk about? I guess um, uh, a ghost story uh, I loved. Nice. Um, I actually I kind of a. Uh, uh, are you guys talking about ghost stories separately, or? Oh no, you can no, go into it. Yeah, like. you can definitely oh, go for it. I mean, um... it's just it's so uh, so simple, and yet at the same time, there's so much to it, and uh, it. I, I think it it sort of proves that David Lowry is uh, a name to watch. Um, he, he's only really done two features that you can see, um, ain't them body saints. And then, uh, the, the Disney's live acts and Pete's dragon mm-hmm. and, uh, Pete's dragon, I feel almost went a little under the radar. It, it's a really fantastic film. It almost feels like a, a live action, uh, Miyazaki film and uh, ghost story has that same sort of fanciful element, but it's, it's more in tone. I guess it's serious drama in Ain't Them Body Saints. Um, it has the same cast. Casey Affleck and, uh, and Rooney Mara both in uh, Ain't Them Body Saints. Um, but it's it's sort of like sweet and sad, and uh, I, I liked it a lot. There's an extended scene where Rooney Mara eats a pie. <laughs> which which will be on all of her reels for now on, I'm sure. Yeah, Worth um, the price of admission alone. I, I, met, I mentioned it last week because I, I saw a ghost story as well, and I... Um, it's... It's a weird one for me to kind of tie. It's it. I kind of wrote this, wrote about this in my review. It feels, it feels, um, it feels like watching like a Terrence Malick movie in terms of I'm not exactly sure how to deconstruct this in a review from seeing it so recently. Where it's like I'm happier to think about it and really consider what it's doing more than analyze critically. Is it worth seeing or not? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, I appreciate it for sure. I think it it certainly kept me thinking. Um, I, I like the kind of the, the meditation on death that it's going for and the kind of visual poetry it has in presenting such a unique depiction of grief and the that you know the ghost element in question. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean it, it's one I'd recommend for sure for anyone that's looking for something that's you know off kilter for okay. to, for any. Do you guys other. know if, was Casey under the the sheet or is that a stand-in? Uh, it is him under the sheet. I actually I, I okay. talked with David Lowry. And weirdly, it was sort of a problem um, because originally he he thought that Casey Affleck would act under the sheet and you'd be able to tell, oh, it's Casey Affleck. And it ended up just not mattering because to get the the effect of the ghost right, it was a very mechanical process. Mm. So it's just telling Casey Affleck turn 90 degrees to the left. Gotcha. Okay. cool. Uh, Maxwell, what have you uh, what have you seen recently? Not that much because I was traveling, but um a big sick and i think abe covered pretty well all the reasons that i really liked it 
Um, it is a comedy and it's very funny, but I also found it to have just an immense amount of humanity um, with which it explored its characters and found that it um, sort of delved deeper into the people and, and issues and you might expect from a film directed by Michael Showalter and produced by Judd Apatow. So I think it's a pretty special movie and I hope that as the summer goes on, it gets wider and wider so more people can see it because I think general audiences will really enjoy it. Yeah, next weekend um, is when it spreads wide officially. So yeah, yeah I look forward to seeing it. Uh, and it's there aren't a lot of movies that I love that I tell my parents to go see, but this is one I think they would really like. Well, that's high praise. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has all the charm you'd kind of want in one of these kind of movies for sure. And yeah. Certainly, yeah, certainly big recommends from uh, from myself and Abe as well. Um, let's see. I've seen a few things uh, this week. Uh-huh. Um, first up, did anyone see Their Finest? I did, yeah. I did this... not, but that sounds familiar. This is a. Um, it actually connects kind of well to Dunkirk. It's a. It's a World War II film. It stars Ge- uh, Gemma Arterton, Sam Claflin, and Bill Nye. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is about. It's about this team of like filmmakers essentially who need to make like a propaganda film uh, to kind of spur on English spirit and what have you. And so they go about uh, kind of recreating an event from the from the Dunkirk. It's set in 1940 after said thing happened, and like London's constantly being bombed and whatnot. It's like you know, it's like a period comedy drama, and it's quite good. Um, it's it's a mix of kind of uh, historical drama with some romantic comedy in there, and it's uh, it's generally good. It's 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 well acted. It um it, you know it it plays pretty pretty swiftly through. Like it, I don't really it, it never really kind of like settles down or it just kind of keeps going. He's like oh this is like a nice pleasant comedy that happens to be set with uh, some historical context. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it's sort of pleasant that it is a like sort of sweet romantic comedy, mm-hmm. but it's just set during World War Two. Yeah. And Bill Nighy is always amazing. Oh yeah, Bill Nighy is great. Always, <laughs> and he's playing an actor, sort of like a, a sort of Hamish actor, mm-hmm. which he yeah. has a lot of fun with. Yeah, yeah, I get. He put he's. It's like someone asked him to play like him, and he's like, I guess I'll do this, and he does. He just does it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it works out. That's probably the best way to describe how to play yourself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. I have also um, Anna and I have been watching. We've been going through a, a Nolan rewatch minus the Batman films. Uh-huh. Um, so um, we've got through the first three, which is Following, Memento, and Insomnia. And um, Nolan is a good director, guys. I don't know if you know about this guy, Christopher Nolan, but uh-huh. he's uh, pretty good at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I'll, I'll highlight Memento specifically because I haven't watched that in a while, and it's one of my favorite movies ever. And it's still one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, it's like this movie is—it's so good watching. I'm glad to hear that the choice has been reaffirmed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just—it's so like I just everything about how the story comes together and the way it uses the kind of noir construct mixed with this this editing conceit of having it play like backwards and fo- like this kind of flip flopping backwards and forwards thing. It's so like well handled for you know like a, a low budget movie with some great acting like guy pierce is so good doesn't love a little joey pants joe pants is great joe pants. It. Mm-hmm. it's, it's joe just pants. mustache joe pants yeah, like Harry Ann moss is good too but like stephen topolowski has a small role it's like really touching oh, for and, what it's uh, doing uh he plays the hotel clerk or whatever mark boone from, jr yeah mark boone jr yeah i love that guy yeah just uh, just a really good movie <laughs> but, um, so this nolan guy i think he's going places that's uh <laughs> what's up silas Oh, I was going to say, I was uh, Leonard Shelby one year for Halloween, and it was the most fun I've ever had in a Halloween costume. Nice. Nice. Did you go full and tattoo? I wound up with a lot of uh, Polaroid photos of people in costumes. 
Not creepy at all. <laughs> Did you go full <laughs> tattoo with it? I went uh, as many tattoos as were visible. Okay. So not like the full body tattoo. You didn't shave yeah. your t- you didn't shave the thigh. <laughs> next time. Next time. <laughs> right. Next time. When when Nolan makes memento too. <laughs> Still member. Did you also dye the hair? Or you I just did, I uh, I bleached my hair and I'd never done it before and it was a weird like I felt I was very like self conscious when I had bleached hair in the like two days before Halloween. <laughs> eh, I'm sure it worked out fine. Well, well done. That's all I have to say. To that. That's that's commitment, sir. Mm. I um I have one last thing. I don't want to get into it too much, but I watched Spider Man Two again, uh-huh. um, partially in preparation for this podcast and partially because I fucking love Spider Man Two and um, uh-huh. it's um it's great, guys. Spider Man Two also my my enthusiasm for movies I watched this week is very high, but Spider Man Two. I sampled some what? of it, and what, so I'm, I'm glad. Without um, without going into my thoughts on Homecoming, keeping like in mind that like the last time I watched Spider-Man 2 was probably when The Amazing Spider-Man was coming out, so we've had, what, like maybe six or seven MCU movies. Watching Spider-Man 2 makes me think those movies are like a pile of junk compared to that movie. Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous how much I love Spider-Man 2. And just this, the the kind of, the, the personal stamp that's applied by director Sam Raimi compared to, hey, we're going to get, albeit talented filmmakers, but, you know, newbie filmmakers to the scene, you know, a lot of people yeah. from TV and whatnot. It makes a world of difference watching a movie like that, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get into it because I have thoughts and comments about that myself. But, uh, well, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it later on. But uh, for now. Yeah. That's enough cookies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to trailer talk, where we talk about one one of the newest movie trailers of the week. Well, we, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, what would have you. This one came out a, a few weeks ago, but we, you know it's time to get into it now. It is The Greatest Showman. This is the um, uh, the upcoming film starring Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum, um, mm-hmm. the creator of the Barnum and Bailey you know, circus. The creator of circus is in general. <laughs> and, um, Which just recently announced that they're no longer going to be doing it. Well, Hugh Jackman's no longer Logan, so everybody's giving up their dreams today. But, um, <laughs> but, but, That's um, a good tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman stars as P.T. Barnum. This is a, It's like a musical biopic, essentially. Uh, a lot of people in here, Zac Efron, uh, Spider-Man, Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, what? Michelle Williams. Uh, so a lot of people going on here. Big musical, fit for Hugh Jackman, I would say. Um, with that said, let's start with Maxwell. Maxwell, you like a good musical. I do love a good musical, and what's interesting is there's another uh, musical that was on the stage in the early 80s called Barnum, about the life of P.T. Barnum. So it's interesting that they have just said, you know what, let's not do that, and let's do our own musical take on P.T. Barnum. Um, The trailer's not great, but I'm still interested in the movie because I love musicals. I think the cast is robust and talented. Um, Zendaya in particular, I am very quickly becoming a fan of. And the music is by Pasek and Paul, who wrote the music, but not, or rather, yes, the lyrics, but not the music for La La Land. And they just won a Tony for writing the music for Dear Evan Hansen. So they're having a moment. Um, yeah, it looks fun. Plus, um, the bearded woman in the trailer is an actress named Kiala Settle, who has been in a lot of Broadway shows over the past few years and is just phenomenally talented so i'm happy to see her get this opportunity to perform for bigger audiences nice all right uh, Siles, i know you haven't seen the trailer so i'll move to i'll move to abe abe what do you think of the trailer for the greatest showman i agree with maxwell that it was the trailer wasn't uh super great i mean i think that there was 
everything that I needed to see to get a feel of what the movie I'm going to be watching is about. Uh, but I think that there was just the 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 mixture of I don't know what song it was some new pop song perhaps. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if this really fits the tone of what I of what I would think that they were trying to go for. But hey, who am I to who am I to judge? It wasn't it uh, wasn't Imagine Dragon, so it has that over. That um, is that history is history of the Express. I believe, I believe it. What it is, Kiala Settle singing in the trailer. Oh, it is. Okay, I'm not so, positive, but I've seen her perform in three or four Broadway shows, and the voice sounds right to me. Okay. So if, if that's the case, then yeah, I mean she's a she's an actress in the in the show or in the movie, and and uh, that's good. But um, yeah, it anyway, the juxtaposition of those two seemed a little off. Uh, one seemed more modern, one seemed you know again back in I don't know when this time period is probably the forties, fifties. But um, in any case, it's good to see that Zach Efron is not playing you know this meathead macho guy. Um, and then I will say that. Uh, I'm interested in seeing the choreography and the music selection. Um, I, I'm just not that into P.T. Barnum in general. I mean, circus movies have never really been my thing, uh, maybe except for Dumbo. But I remember watching uh, Water for Elephants with... I was like, what, what number was that? Was that like number nine or something like that that no, we that did? Was, that was episode like five or four five. or five. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we I don't think that we really gave that one great remarks. It was okay, but it wasn't like uh, stellar. Um, I enjoyed so, the book and I liked the parts that worked well. But yeah, but not a not a super. It's not like everyone's going back like, man, <laughs> uh, Water for Elephants was. That was, sure, yeah, that I'm was pretty the sure some of our listeners were like, Water for Elephants? What's that? So yeah, it was this really <laughs> popular book back in 2004. 12 so um, 2011 uh the book was earlier but the movie was 2011 yeah it's a good book yeah yeah it's a good um, book. and just to touch on one other thing you said the i mean pt barnum started the circus in the like 1870s and died yeah, before, before 1900 so yeah that, that, i, I bet, was yeah. i didn't look it up i was pretty sure that was wrong i wanted to just get the 1890s proper. yeah but um you know we'll see what happens uh, it's a christmas movie so i'm sure i'm sure that it's going to be family friendly uh but i don't know uh I, i'm not completely on board with it I, I mean, I, I echo your guys' sentiments as far as the trailer is like, okay, I'm more aware of this now than I am as far as excited to see it. I the Any excitement comes from the fact that I, I like Hugh Jackman. Um, I think he's a consummate showman, and what better movie to give him than The Greatest Showman? <laughs> so right. um, I, I look forward to him embracing a, a, you know, a big new musical. Um, I believe uh, we, we were not the biggest fans of his last musical, um, you know, big film, which was Les Mis. Uh, his effort was there. We, I, th- I think, the performance-wise, yeah. there was a lot of good things about it, but I think overall, it was a little, it was a little underwhelming compared to what it could have been. I think um, mm-hmm. this one, I'm not sure. Um, again, I, again, I, I like Hugh Jackman. I look forward to seeing him, you know, take on a musical or what have you. Um, director Michael Gracie. This is his first movie, dude. This is his first movie. It's his first movie. Yeah. Not even reins of of this Christmas Day release. Honestly, wow. like I, while Bill Condon just you know kind of made a movie, I kind of expected like oh this is pro-. like I forgot who directed it. Like well, Bill a, Condon wrote the screenplay. He wrote the yeah no he wrote the screenplay, and so I was like this is probably like one of those guys right. And I'm like who the hell is Michael Great? Like it seemed like Jackman couldn't rope in some big talented big name director to make this movie, but okay. Oh, I'm so, sort of uh, baffled by it also. Um, no. He is Australian, so maybe he's friends with Hugh Jackman. That's yeah, the only him. thing I can maybe. 
Yeah, perhaps he has, a, he has a, a visual effects background. I think that's or right. he has a file on Hugh Jackman. So <laughs> one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, well, it's like it's like movie twenty three. I was gonna like, say the same file that from movie forty three. The same file. Yeah, forty three. That, that, yeah. that they had on Hugh Jackman for that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, speaking of trailers, I just want to say very quickly that I watched a, a new trailer for Geostorm, and I don't know why they didn't put that one first, <laughs> where it seems much more fun than the first, you know, really somber Geostorm. I was pretty, yeah, so. we, we, we talked about Geostorm before, oh, I believe. Okay. We did oh, no, on this no, podcast. Yeah, we, did talk yeah. about we talked about the first trailer, and yeah, so I didn't yeah. necessarily want to do the second trailer. That said, that new Geostorm trailer is fantastic. <laughs> it is. Still, it actually I'm makes you can, want to see the movie. Can you yeah, someone else too much about Geostorm? I'm convinced I'm going to walk in the theater, sit down, and it's going to say, the Sci-Fi Channel presents Geostorm. I just don't see how this movie is going to have theaters. What, Silas, what'd you say? I, I said you, like, I, I echo the sentiment of being really excited about Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what we can take away is that this probable Oscar nominee, G- Greatest Showman, whatever, Geostorm, sign us up right away, right now. Be for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bring up during trailer talk. I, my favorite thing about Geostorm, by the way, is that Andy Garcia is in the Geostorm trailer more than he is in all of Passengers, which he's fourth build in. Um, okay, so moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Geostorm opens in October. Greatest Showman opens uh, this Christmas. Uh, all right, so with that out of the way, let's move on to our main review for Spider-Man colon Homecoming. The world's changing, boys. It's time we change, too my chance to prove myself we have a spanish quiz you gotta get better at this part of the job i don't understand no! i'm intimidating oh hey guys my friends are up there hey where are you going what are you hiding peter I'm just kidding. I Bye. Okay, so that should have been some of the trailer for Spider-Man colon Homecoming. So it actually is a real Homecoming of sorts. After a mixed reception to Sony's Amazing Spider-Man series, a deal was reached between Marvel Studios and Sony. The results were the allowance of Spider-Man to be woven into the MCU's ongoing storyline, while Sony still distributes the film. This led to a well-received introduction in Captain America Civil War. Now we have a new solo film with Spider-Man, though he does have some assistance from Tony Stark. That said, this is really more of a story about a high school kid navigating the social standing and crushes while balancing his moonlighting work as a superhero. He gets involved in a plot of a Nuyaka turned alms dealer played by Michael Keaton, which means Peter Parker may have to stay out after curfew to save the day. Maxwell. What has been your relationship with the Spider-Man cinematic series through the through the I guess through the decade leading up to this film? Mixed. It's been mixed. You know, um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be a huge comic book fan. Just in that, I have not read a lot of comic books. I've always liked the characters, and certainly Spider-Man was one of my favorites as a kid from cartoon shows and whatnot because I always found him probably to be the most relatable superhero. Um, and I enjoy Raimi's movies very much, especially the second one. But I was not sitting there thinking after the Andrew Garfield movies were mixed that, yeah, let's try again. For me, it was one of those things I was like, give it some time to breathe and maybe, you know, 10, 15 years, someone else can try again. So now coming into this Spider-Man, what did you think of the movie? Uh, You know, I, I pretty much loved it, you know, without 
any real expectations. I've, you know, enjoyed most of the MCU. Um, I think they just nailed that relatability that always drew me to Spider-Man. I think the tone is so light and fun and so funny without sacrificing character. Tom Holland is just perfect as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. He has the humor. He has that, you know, teen angst that doesn't go too, uh, you know, morose or, or dark. Um, the, the whole cast really gels well. I like how it's just very casually diverse to the fact that, you know, if you look in the school that there's Hasidic guys on one side and, you know, people from India and African-Americans, and it just feels like the New York City that I live in every day. Um, the third act, as with a lot of these MCU movies, is fine. But I was having so much fun and was so engaged by the characters throughout the whole thing that it, it really didn't bother me. And there's a moment I, I won't spoil towards the end of the film that for me is one of my favorite moments in a, a modern superhero movie that I think so perfectly encapsulates Peter Parker and Spider-Man and felt to me like, wow, these they really got him right. All right. Well, Silas, getting to you, I've been to your home. I've seen your comic book collection. <laughs> <laughs> You're... Wait, do you also have a Polaroid of Silas somewhere in your home? <laughs> uh, I didn't dress as Lenny yet. I've only dressed oh. as Al Pacino characters from Nolan films so far. Um, <laughs> so just the one. But um, <laughs> with that, but Silas, you're you're you. I would say you're a fan of Spider-Man, right? I am. I uh, Spider-Man was when I started reading comics in the '90s, the Marvel character I really latched onto, and uh, I've pretty much read consistently. To now um i also uh like i went to film school because i loved sam raimi so much so when when that movie was happening that was like the most exciting thing in the world and hmm. i um i loved homecoming i really loved homecoming but i have such a place in my heart for the the sam raimi films that i i still even spider-man 3 i love that trilogy i'm a fan of three <laughs> I think three has a lot of troubles, but the stuff that's in there that's good, I think is really good. Um, I actually, I uh, freshman year of college, um, a friend of mine from the East Coast came out to the school I was at in Santa Fe, and we took a road trip to Downey, California, and were extras in Spider-Man. Oh wow! Uh, so I was at the World Unity Festival uh, while Macy Gray was playing and uh, the <laughs> Goblin Attack. <laughs> For those of you who don't know Maze Gray, she had a uh, cool hit back in, like, 2002. <laughs> wow. We just got into Maze Gray. <laughs> I like Maze Gray, and she was also in Training Day. But She is in Training Day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so more, more thoughts on Homecoming. What did you think of Homecoming, Silas? Here's the weird thing about Homecoming. I, I think Homecoming is exceptional. Um, I think that the, the version of Peter Parker they did is fantastic. I'm really excited to see where it goes with the Marvel Universe. It, it had the weird side effect of uh, suddenly making me feel a bit old uh, because I was sort of thinking, you know, I'm glad it's a Spider-Man movie. I'm glad it's not. Do we can get spoilery? Uh, you don't have to get too, too spoilery. I will <laughs> say I was sort of bummed that there's elements of uh, uh, growth on the part of Tony Stark that just seem to have sort of happened in the background since Civil War. And I was kind of bummed that they weren't I, I feel in a lot of ways he's the character I have been really enjoying through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And while I love Spider-Man, I'm super excited to see where it goes. I was a little bummed that he as a character in this film didn't have a bit more. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Understandable. Well, we can get more into things as we go along. Abe, how about you? Where, where have you been with Spider-Man? 
I've been sort of like what Maxwell said, mixed bag, right? So I, I don't uh, straight out hate any of this amazing Spider-Man series by Mark Webb, um, but I really much enjoy Spider-Man uh, 1 and 2. Spider-Man 3, I, I can't really fully like give it a, a thumbs up, thumbs down. I just remember having mixed feelings about it, and I haven't seen it since 2007. Um, but um, if I do watch it again, I'll, I'll be sure to tell the listeners what I, what I feel about it. So I've been mixed bag. I certainly like the Raimi stuff, and I was okay with the Mark Webb stuff. But uh, for Spider-Man: Homecoming, this is a good movie, and this is probably the best Peter Parker movie since Spider-Man One, um, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And what I mean by that is not so much like okay, well, the origin of of Peter Parker, whatever the case. It's actually just more of him being in high school, doing high school things, looking actually like a high schooler. And hanging out with kids that have all, like what Maxwell described, these issues of teen angst and, you know, trying to get through the day by either, you know, trying to not to embarrass yourself uh, with the talking to the girls or whatever the case. Um, but what I, I did have questions about it as well, and that's probably why it's not a perfect film. I don't think anyone would call it that. But um, in terms of where Spider-Man will be going, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out because... I guess the the rights from Sony say that you guys can have one, um, you guys can have one movie, and then. I don't know. Uh, there's, there's more. They got their. Is it? They're inv- Silas, you you know more about this than I do, probably, as far as how involved. Uh, I mean, I've heard yeah. a lot of, of, of speculation, and uh, I, I I'll warn you, I'm a fan of crazy theories. Um, but w- what I think is going to happen is that Sony is going to flesh out their own Spider-Man universe with a, a female Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, be it Gwen Stacy, uh, Mary Jane, or someone else entirely. And who knows who will see Spider-Man team up with post-Infinity War. They said it's going to be another Marvel hero. If it is Doctor Strange, that gives the leeway to cross over into any aspect of the multiverse. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a big problem moving okay. forward. But what, the main thing is that Spider-Man will continue to be involved in the MCU. Like, there's not that—that's not the question to have. It's—it's it's more right. the other. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I think uh, one of the things uh, yeah. that's so cool about Tom Holland is the idea that it's going to be sort of like Harry Potter. We're going to see somebody grow up as Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah that'd be that'd be neat. So and that kind of gets back to um, the Peter Parkerness of it. It's just Peter Parker in high school all throughout. Whereas in the other ones, you've seen him kind of graduate and then he goes off to university. Uh, this one's just focused on him being a 15-year-old. I actually wasn't sure how old he was until he tells us in the movie um, how old he is. So it's it's always good to see them take this approach of let's just focus on one thing and focus on it and do it well rather than expand on the story or expand on the universe that Spider-Man or Peter Parker is in. And we'll show you J. Jonah Jameson. We'll also show you, um, I don't know, all these other like rogues gallery villains. It's it's really just, okay, well, here's Peter. He's starting to get the feel of his powers and no origin story needed, which I also appreciated. So on the whole, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think that there were some some small minor holes here and there. Uh, with just how uh, the the, por- the storyline would progress, but it certainly has one of the the best like holy shit moments uh, that I've seen in a while, uh, <laughs> and also uh, it has uh, like what Maxwell alludes to. It certainly has one of the best like you know here's a really good growth point for Peter Parker that you never see in any of the movies that you uh, that have come out since 2002 Spider Man. Yeah, I, I also. Uh, yep. 
Go. Throw out on on a nerd level, I think maybe maybe more so than any other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, there are so many inside jokes and references and things to notice in repeat viewings that I, I really appreciate. Uh, I was just going to agree and say, and it none of it felt uh, overstuffed or unnecessary. It was it all felt fairly cleverly woven into what was going on, like. Just it, when you realize who uh, certain characters are or who they may be related to, etc., it, it was nice nods that didn't take away. It was not the Iron Man two syndrome. I think it's. I think it speaks to having you know nearly a decade built up, building up a universe, so you can just have a you know have a, a junior class in high school or a sophomore class in high school kind of re, you know exist in a world where they've grown up with these people since they were children, and so by it, having this window into that kind of, you know, viewpoint, you can see, yeah, like th things in the school or how people talk about the Avengers and how the world is kind of shaped around the effects right. that Tony Stark and the people have had. Like it, yeah. it's, there's, it, there's like, there's already more world building here, but it's in an established world you already have to work with. So I think that's actually pretty, it'll be neat to see going forward when, you know, you, by the time we get to, a, you know, another Spider-Man movie, it'll be phase four or whatever. Um, so it'll be like in a whole new territory as far as whatever current lineup is happening where more and more people can kind of work on this world that's been shaped for the last, you know, 10, 11, 12 years by all these other characters that have been around. Um you know, and, and more so than something like James Bond or something like that, where it's just like, okay, here's like here you you you, got, you get the drill. This is more like an entire universe, much you know, as said, since it's the MCU, where it just kind of <laughs> keeps going from there. Um, as far as my thoughts on Spider-Man: Homecoming or Spider-Man in general, um, I am a fan of Spider-Man. Uh, thinking about it, leading up to Homecoming, I've liked every Spider-Man movie. <laughs> I know I know there are problems people have with the Amazing Ones, uh, two in particular, apparently, uh, but. I, I'm not above seeing the flaws in any said movies, but at the same time, I enjoy a good Spider-Man movie. I enjoy seeing Spider-Man zipping around town or what have you, and it's been neat to see the various takes on the character and how it's happened. Obviously, having just proclaimed my love earlier for Spider-Man 2, I'm a huge fan of you know what Raimi was doing, but there's a lot of things about the, the web versions that I enjoyed as well. So coming into this one... I didn't really have any doubts that I'd see another enjoyable Spider-Man movie. I mean, it's, you know, it's Spider-Man again. I already like this version of the character based off Civil War, and it's in a universe that I've really enjoyed for, the again, the past decade, watching, you know, Tony Stark and what have you. So it's not like the, the bar wasn't anywhere that needed to be cleared. It's just like, I'm probably going to get an enjoyable MCU film out of this. And I did. I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it like you guys have mentioned, it has the kind of things that you want from Spider-Man character in Peter Parker, um, the way it uses him in an, an, a, slight, a, newer, a refreshingly new angle of seeing him, you know, kind of even younger, still in high school, dealing with that. Abe, you said it lacks the origin story. And, it, you know, it, it yeah, it does lack the kind of basic origin well, story stuff. Well, it doesn't stuff. take you through, like, yeah, it everything take you, that you've it seen. Yeah, it's not like, I don't know, we're seeing a couple, you know, a couple parents get shot in the alleyway again, like some other movie series that we've seen <laughs> in the past. Um, so it Wait, just, it, they're, they're contractually ab obligated to do that in every Batman movie. <laughs> it, it, it sidesteps those kind of, those glaringly obvious points uh, and just yeah. get, but it still is an origin for Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man. Like, he's not Spider-Man, he's, you know, this boy who's got this costume is learning how, you know, learning how to be the superhero. And yeah. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um... There are some aspects that I think can rub you the wrong way and made me question certain things about how it was handled. But for the most part, this movie is just really fun. The best stuff is him 
at you know being Peter Parker, him dealing with this kind of dual life he's living. Yeah. Despite the Spider-Man stuff, it's fun. Like that, and you know, for a lot of it, it is fun as far as him learning his powers, what he can do with his suit, interacting with Suit Lady, voiced by Jennifer Connelly. Like there's <laughs> there's fun stuff like that. That's like okay, this is neat. But seeing him be like a kid who has like a best friend who's geeking out at the fact that his best friend is Spider-Man. That's played by uh, what Jacob Batalon who plays mm-hmm. Ned, like, he's he's really fun in the movie. Like, the, the whole supporting cast does a great job of kind of helping helping us and see Peter and this world that he's in and just enjoying this kind of youthful exuberance this guy has as being a kid with superpowers who also has to be, you know, a nerdy high school kid at a, at a high school full of nerds. Like, he's at a science high school, and he's still, yeah. like, the nerdiest Which kid. I love. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's still, like, the... Like, when Tony Revolori is the kid that's picking on you, you got problems <laughs> in your social standing. Like... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. Flash is smart in this movie. Come on. <laughs> he's still, he's just like a smug, like it's smug jerk Flash as opposed to, yeah, j- to is, jock yeah. bully Flash. <laughs> but, but, I gotta but no, say, I, I yeah. uh, did this giant feature last week over the 4th of July where uh, I read every Spider-Man high school story and sort of did like a play-by-play. And mm-hmm. I gotta say, Flash doesn't really ever do anything to Peter that Tony Revolori doesn't do. Yeah. Like, the only time they fight, it's, like, a weird, like, a teacher is like, you two better settle your differences in the ring, and they're forced to box one another. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the movie what? versions really take it to a, the movie versions yeah. take it to a higher level than, the, like, the movie versions he's trying to fight Peter, where, the, yeah, Cogs, you never really, it's not really much of a scuffle. It's just more of, like, yeah, a, right. I'm better than you because I'm Flash. Like, that's kind of his attitude the whole way through. Yeah, which I appreciated about well, it. Well, yeah, like, sort of what Aaron was saying, I think it's really, really smart that it equates the expected or typical origin story with coming of age. Yeah. And that's what makes this work so much for me is it's no secret. I have a, a particular love for high school set movies and stories. Um, and I think this is a really, really great high school movie. It, it you know, it sort of plays around with the tropes. Uh, you know, it's called Spider-Man homecoming for, you know, God's sake. And, you know, plays around with all those tropes in a way. And then weaves the, more Spider-Man superhero-y stuff into it in a way that I really, really liked. Yeah, and it's funny that you also mentioned, you know, we, we jokingly mentioned Batman, but what I liked about Batman Begins a lot is just that you see him, the the prime example is when he's, like, jumping the rooftops and he just misses the guardrail and just, like, falls, like, four feet. Um, and that's that's what I liked about this movie and also Batman Begins. It's like, yeah, it's it's not as though you get these powers and all of a sudden you know how to fight or you know how to do jujitsu or whatever the case. This isn't the matrix style where you can just plug into a program and, and upload it. Like you have to have some pitfalls. You, you're going to make these moronic mistakes or right. like what Aaron said, you know, he has to juggle between being Spider-Man and also being Peter Parker, which is difficult because it, it's always a question of, well, you know, you can't, you, I never see you in what's the club that they're in that he has to quit. Um, Academic Catholic. Academic Catholic. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, sure. We might say that that's like ridiculous and dorky, whatever the case, but that's Peter Parker. He's a really smart guy. So, of course, yeah. he would do Academic Decathlon. Or, like, you know, you see them at one point in front of like the chess club late at school. It's like, yeah, that's just the way that his school is. So, I love seeing that about Peter Parker. It's just never really been fleshed out. They kind of they did a little bit in, in San Raimi Spider Man, but this one I just love because it was there and it yeah. was. I very much want to echo Aaron's sentiment of Spider-Man and seeing him in his suit is cool, but I actually just enjoyed Peter Parker. I enjoyed his struggle that he had to go through as a 15-year-old. Yeah, and I didn't mind the first Amazing Spider-Man that much, but I didn't, you know, I don't ever believe Andrew Garfield as a nerd. That's I actually... mean, he had a skateboard. Come on, Maxwell. That's, that's pretty nerdy. 
No, <laughs> you know, there's just something about Tom Holland's like infectious, nervous, youthful energy. Um, and, you know, even though he's he, the actor's 21, he still feels little and young and, yeah. you know, very innocent. And that was very, very charming and uh, relatable. I know I keep using that word, but that's the thing that I took away so much from this. Well, he's like a, yeah. he's like a smarter Marty McFly. Like that's yeah. the kind of the kind of I mean that really that's, no that's uh, what that's that, a, no I'm that's serious like that I mean he's he has this kind of he has like a, Mar- a Michael J Foxness about him as far as that like well, with the performance is channeling but with you know a geekier sensibility is and know. he even said that in an interview that he really watched Back to the Future and tried oh, to mirror well, what he was okay, doing cool. off of Marty McFly. Well, it's there, and I saw it, it, it works. So. <laughs> it's really smart. It's a fun take on the character. Yeah, and um, in terms of like the side characters and and all the supporting cast, I think they're great too. Not just because they are. Um, not just because like they're there and they have things to do, but they're actually good actors. I, I wasn't expecting Ned to be so comical or or um, for these young guys to produce these lines with such, I guess, uh, freshness, I would say. Uh, I'm not really sure if that's the actual. Well, it feels that like, I mean, I can't, I can't say it feels exactly like high school because, you know, sure. it's, gonna, it's a while yeah, since I've been in high school, but at the same time, it, it can act well. It just it, it's it's not it's not a matter of acting. It's just more of like the take on high school. It just it fits what I could imagine a high school being like within this universe. Like that's yeah. the depiction and, of high school I could see. And the, the jokes and and the wit of the movie has really good timing. It's all you know timed really well. So even you know Ned or Zendaya's character, they just the way it's timed and edited comes out really well. I love the little details like the super awkward high school newscasts yes yeah that, like that little... i did find relatable because i can remember seeing those at school just these like little <laughs> details yeah. that they put in made it feel really yes movie but movie high school in a way that it's not always uh, achieved in some of these high school movies where it feels more uh, glossy um, I, Aaron, to your point too, I also enjoy that they are bridging all the Marvel Cinematic Universe in here um, from what's happened in Sokovia to, again, what Tony Stark has done. But also it continues to to build on the people that are not the Avengers or not the heroes, the people that are Michael Keaton, right? And he's like, you know what? I don't understand. I'm here to clean things up because you guys destroyed it and now you guys are going to take my job away from me? Yeah. We still have another load from yesterday. We're supposed to turn this in, right? I ain't hauling it. It's too bad. We could have made some pretty cool stuff from all that alien junk. I'll tell you what. Let's keep it. The world's changing. It's time we change, too. Like, that's that's ridiculous. And it, it reminds me of... Um, uh, Civil War in the beginning when when Tony's giving his speech and then in the hallway he meets up mm. with the the mother and she's like you know it's not all glory I mean here's a photo of the person that you took away from me kind of thing and yeah and so I'm glad that they continue to uh, to recognize that there's a, a pretty huge story here um, as well as like all like the Easter eggs like uh, Kenneth Choi is in this movie again yeah I love that and I was like oh that's cool I'm glad that they they brought him back but they, he's got photos of his I guess it would be his grandfather. Grandfather, yeah. Grandfather, yeah. yeah. Out, out in his office. So it's it's great that they are, they're very particular about how they're doing this. So there's a lot of care and craft into it. 
so yeah, I, it's very fun on that level. Let's let's yeah, get. I want to get back to. Let's talk about Michael Keaton. But yeah, I, I wanted back, to talk about I, him too. I want I want to get sure. back though before we get into how good Michael Keaton is or isn't in this movie. He's pretty good. Spoilers. Um, the <laughs> I don't know. I haven't I, heard Alice say. Anything I want yet. I want to. Let's can we talk about his whole the thing that happens to him. At the, so the movie like opens with him. Like it starts with basically giving us his motivation. I have a bone to pick with this because what? Okay, wouldn't. In t- so it's 2012, right? When he's like supposed oh. to clean up after the Avengers stuff. Not, not necessarily. It, it's it's confusing time wise. There's there's something strange going on. I would say it seems pretty clear to me. He's in New York. It's t- it's after this whole Loki, you know, this giant battle in New York has happened, and then it but like cuts in, to uh, eight. In, in Civil War, Vision says that eight years prior, um, that uh, that's when Tony Stark sort of came out as Iron Man, and. If Avengers was 2012 and this is eight years later, that would mean this movie's set in the year 2020. Yes, that make yeah, that makes sense. By the time another Spider-Man movie comes out, it'd be junior year or whatever, right? So it'd be, it makes sense that they jump up this movie's timeline a couple years to, to make do for how much time will pass in between Spider-Man movies. I can see that. But does that. that fit into the existing timeline? Yeah, it does. I think they, they've. I think I they've. I, math, so I'll believe you. I, I, I'm pretty sure Kevin Feige probably has a good handle on why these movies are set in a certain times. But regardless, <laughs> it does actually improve. One of the the problems I had with Doctor Strange was I felt that uh, he went through his training remarkably fast. But if quite a few years have passed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we didn't see, that that does fit nicely. I think that actually. It, Come to think of it, yes, that actually does make Doctor Strange's timing work a little better as far as his training goes. It would also make, it, it makes Rachel McAdams make more sense. Be like, oh, I haven't seen you in three months versus I haven't seen you in like three years. I, I think it times out. Or um, he's just like you know reverse time. That too, he's a doctor. He can do it. <laughs> what I was getting to though, the so in this, the logic is that Michael Keaton has a job and he gets kicked out. He and his men get kicked out of it because Tony Stark's like created a new thing head by Tyne Daly for some reason. Tyne Daly was the person they had to hire. Um, well, that, so Damage Control was being developed as a potential spin-off TV series at one point, and I almost mm-hmm. wonder if if casting her isn't the like, no, we already have her. If we want to do, she she's the new Clark Gregg. Makes sense. I can see that. But my the issue I have is, what did Tony Stark pay off Michael Keaton and his guys for this? Like, were they really just come down and say, nope, you're fired, get out of here? Like, that's what happens a lot with construction crews. I have to say. Even from from benefactor Tony Stark getting New York's gifts when he built that damn Avengers Tower, powers the city. It, it wasn't even. It didn't even occur to me. It didn't seem like. It's a nitpick. Talk. It's just. Wait, it's, is that it's the, biggest, little, like, is that know, the biggest bone you have to pick with the, to, the to, Tony is not exactly always the most thoughtful per- person. Well, it seems after, kinda... after after Avengers, it seems like he would have had more. If it was pre Avengers, I would have bought this a little bit more. It was just it was just mm-hmm. a weird thing to me. Maybe yeah. because Ty, maybe because Ty, Sinister Tyne Daly was there taking Michael Sinister Keaton's job away. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, Michael Keaton's in this movie. He's uh, he's pretty good. Um, yeah. I I think he certainly shines in one major scene, which uh, a couple major scenes towards the end that it's hard to get into without I, spoiling I... things, but. He, he certainly brings a presence because he's Michael Keaton, for one thing. Yeah, yeah he I certainly mean, does. Obviously, this Vulture's, you know, a little different from Vulture of comics lore, but who cares when Michael Keaton is this magnetic? Yeah. I mean, he's certainly coming off of a lot of great press from his, his most recent films, but I would say that he's probably one of the more, I guess, clearly developed and in-depth villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe since maybe Loki, because if you think back to all these other movies, it's like, I don't, I mean, we, we can all name who the villains are in each of the Marvel movies, 
But did we really care about them that much? And maybe not. And I think that Michael Keaton's uh, Vulture character, he gives me something to care about because he has a yeah. great thing that he talks with uh, Tom Holland about later. He's just like, hey, man, look, I you, you seem like a good kid. You're like from a low-income family like me. And look, they're just going to treat us this way for the rest of our lives unless you do something about it. And I was like, you know, I can definitely like – feel empathy for this character for michael keaton's character because of everything that you've seen him go through but also because they gave him uh more to do than just be the head of a, a, of yeah. a like a villain chop shop yeah and it's I, not oh go ahead i have some i mean as far as that dialogue goes i can agree but seeing where he is by the end of this movie as far as his living situation and whatnot I mean, it, it became hard for me to buy, honestly, as far as of course, like, yeah, I mean, is this, is this guy, I... me, it's hard for me to buy them knowing what to do with like alien crystals and, and making like weapons too. That's why it's like, it's not a perfect movie, but I certainly, uh, well, that's I, the I, tinkerer. The tinkerer can do whatever he can do. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that that's what, uh, that's what he was or who yeah. he was, who he was. Yeah. Si- Silas, what'd you, what'd you think of Michael Keaton in this movie? Of the tinkerer? <laughs> <laughs> of, of of the vulture of adrian yeah. tombs a name that none of us will remember but the vulture will stick out i thought he was fantastic i i, I thought uh it wasn't necessarily the vulture uh of the comics but in a weird way the name vulture makes much more sense because yeah he's robbing people but like specifically stealing like remains is a neat vulture thing mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah uh-huh. yeah th- there's a moment you know <laughs> i really liked wonder woman but there's a moment that I just I never want to see in any movie ever again because it's so cliche, which is the villain being so evil that they shoot their own henchmen. And <laughs> we've seen it so many times and it's it's never good and it's never clever. <sighs> and this has a twist on it. Yeah. That, like I works really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of henchmen, I did like the touch that the shocker there's. A shocker in this movie of a you know a Spider-Man villain, and mm-hmm. I did like that the there's a couple iterations of said shocker, and I like that the first one looks like the shocker, like they gave him a costume that matches the costume design of the shocker, which I was yeah. like, oh that's a fun touch. Like I I got that uh, before they started saying shocker, it's like oh that's cool, they made him a shocker. <laughs> the, the thing the thing about what you were saying, Aaron, with uh, Toombs's motivations and where his living situation is later on, I agree, but at the same time, people have the tendency to hold on to things and, and you know, uh, hold grudges. And if someone really feels like he was slighted as much as he was, clearly he's done a lot of work in the ensuing eight years to get himself out of that situation. Yes. But that doesn't mean he still can't be holding on to that anger. Plus, you know, he's BSing with, with Peter a little bit and trying to get him to to chill out. So yeah. and, and I agree with that. I, didn't, I mean, these are more technicalities yeah of course course. i'm analyzing way too deeply as no 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 and and how they affect you because you're a movie critic right and the fact that we can you know analyze these characters even on a slight you know a little bit shows that they're you know fairly interesting characters to talk about they and that's that's where the struggle i'm having more is because i I, i'm hearing a lot of the the praise for keaton i don't think keaton's bad by any means i think he's very good in this movie it's just i wonder how much am i really going to remember from keaton's performance in addition to all these other mcu villains because of him as a whole or is it going to come down to just those couple of scenes where he's just really menacing i'll give him this he's the scariest spider-man villain i've ever seen in a movie 
easily. I, I, and I, and I, an I, lo- uh, I, 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 I love the the takes that especially Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina. Ha- Willem Dafoe is particular. Willem Dafoe uh, is out, pretty good. Out, out of costume, he's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say he's the most menacing. Yeah. Uh, same, same with Doc Ock. He's I, Alfred Molina is fantastic in that movie. But I also wouldn't say he's like man. I really hope Spider Man lives through this one. Vulture, he gives Peter Parker a run for his money a couple yeah, times in this movie. Like, in- he, yeah, pretty intense. And, and that the co- the costume design, how they realized the vulture suit, was pretty clever. I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna say the action is you know re- revelatory in the world of Spider-Man movies, but it's still they, they do a good job of you know creating a a, a component that or an, sorry an opponent that works really well against Spider-Man. Yeah, and I liked also you know we've talked about some of the other uh, sub villains or whatever you want to call them. His crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in these movies, when there's a crew, they're sort of boring or whatever. But his crew is really cool. You have both Shockers, and you have the Tinkerer, and a couple other guys that I really liked. And and kind of not necessarily part of his crew, but another potential antagonist. Donald Glover comes in here and has maybe uh, the best scene in this movie with Spider-Man. Yeah, uh, it's just the there's a conversation that the two of them have that yeah. is well, it, it it fully gives you what Peter Parker's going through and it yeah. gives you this great character that Donald Glover gets to play, well, which it, again ties in as like a weird inside joke to the idea of Donald Glover once being considered right. or him throwing his out his his hand up as being considered. Well, and it's really cool who he's playing if you know about Yes. Right. I guess sure. I know more about Spider-Man than I let on, but <laughs> no, it is a cool thing that uh, I mean. You can look it up later. I mean, they give they give his full name in the uh, in the credits, which is uh, yeah. neat. But um, yeah, just to just to touch on the shocker thing, when I saw Bokeem Woodbine, I was like, oh man, I hope that he's in here for a long time, and he is. So yeah. I was I was really happy to see that because I love that guy. He's a great yeah. He's he's pretty menacing too. The the <laughs> scene where he uh, he goes to the school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. thought that scene was fairly intense, just because Bo Bokeem has this intensity about him. Abe's um, saying this, by the way, without having watched Fargo season two. He doesn't know how right. great Bokeem Woodbine is. He's, Fargo he's, Fargo he's Fargo like the best thing in Fargo in season Fargo. two. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to like get up with Fargo. He gives what one of the great TV performances of like the last ten years. He is incredible. Yeah, because <laughs> I I've I've loved him ever since like I, I saw him in uh in uh, the Rock and I was like oh man this guy's good. He is really good. He's and then the big hit a couple years later. I mean, it was just nonstop for Bokeem. Right, yeah, the big hit. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff. So. <laughs> Michael Mando is is pretty cool too. He doesn't have much to do in this movie, but um, I think it hints, it hints to what he can be. That's for sure. Yeah. So. yeah. Did you guys feel as though there was just the amount, just the right amount of Aunt May, not enough of Aunt May, or too much Aunt May? Just enough Aunt May. Okay. I like this take on Aunt May. What's the matter? I thought you loved Larb. It's too Larby. Not Larby enough. How many times do you have to say larb before you talk to me? You know I larb you. I'm just stressed the internship and I'm tired. The Stark internship? I have to tell you, not a fan of that Tony Stark. After an ATM robbery was thwarted by Queen's own colorful local crime stopper, the Spider-Man. If you spot something like that happening, you turn and you run the other way. Yeah, 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 of course. Six blocks away from us. Yeah, you know, not... the age makes perfect sense. I mean, in the other iterations, it would almost have to be great Aunt May, if you think about it. Hmm, interesting. As a teenager with a 75, 80-year-old aunt, I mean, it's possible. It could happen, but the, the age between, you know, say, Marissa Tomei's early 50s and 15 is a lot more logical. Hmm. I, was, okay. I was surprised that she wasn't involved more. 
in the film. I, I, I just because of you know it's, it's his Aunt May as opposed to someone like Robert Downey Jr. who I, ex- I honestly I expected to be in it for like three scenes, and yeah, that's pretty much what you get in this movie. It makes sense too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to see Happy Hogan popping up for you. Oh know, yeah, I do like I like John Favreau. I he always has Favreau. good. He has great yeah. chemistry of all with well, pretty much anybody it, he it, works with. It, it sort it of feels out. like okay, we wanted Tony a little bit more, so we'll throw Happy in here to cover some scenes where Robert wasn't available. Yeah, but. no, that's exactly what it is. Like, they... <laughs> but, you know, it works because Happy's well established in this universe, and Job Favreau is a you know super engaging and funny actor on his own right. And there's almost something I don't know poetic about it when you think about Favreau is the one who got all of this started, and now here he is helping usher in the new generation of characters that are going to be in the MCU. So I thought that was cool. It, yeah. yeah, like after Iron Man two, I was always I was always wondering how upset is Favreau about how things have played out and what have you. And no, he's still very much involved. I'm sure in all that, these yeah, things. I'm sure he's like, like he's, happy. he's making money on all of these movies. Well, that yeah. the money probably helps, I'm sure. But I mean, there's probably had to be a stress factor involved in what was. Again, keep in mind, I'm probably the one guy here who likes Iron Man two the most. But still, <laughs> it's understandably there's a, if it's on FX, I'll leave it on. It's a funny. Wow. It's a fun. Oh, I'll watch it. There's only <laughs> one MCU movie I won't watch if it's yeah. on. By the way, Silas, you mentioned that perhaps you want to see a little bit more of Tony Stark, Iron Man. Um, did you want to elaborate on that a little bit more? Uh, I don't want to get too much into spoiler territory. There's something sure. that happens towards the end that uh, there's something that was seeded really well in Civil War that all of a sudden just seems like either they forgot about or just happened off screen. That I I know what you're talking about, and I think it's it, what, what I took it as is like, oh, they worked out that person's contract. Like that seems like the exact <laughs> results of what happened here. Hmm. It's too bad, though, because it's 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 character growth. And I was almost hoping that at the same time we see Spider-Man have an adventure, we'd see Iron Man learn something about youth that he was missing. And I totally get why that's not there. But I I was sort of. Well, I think if anything, this movie establishes they don't mind playing around with time or going back a little bit. So there's nothing to say that maybe in Infinity War or whatever, we may get more context or see scenes that happen earlier on. I think it's it's also not unprecedented for Marvel to kind of have this right. background stuff. Like, there's, I mean, there's a lot of run. There's like a runner in Avengers about Agent Coulson having like girlfriend issues. If I'm yes. If I, and like yes. it just kind of it plays in the background where like where you have Tony and Pepper talking to Coulson about things in the midst of you know everything involving Avengers going. On. Like it just it's having that kind of. The, the, you know, there's a world existing around these characters, which is what I was yeah. going to get, which I was talking about before, as far as how this yeah. whole universe. I get what you're saying, Silas. As far as like, it'd be neat if there's maybe like another, like a, a dual, a dual moral going on here involving both Peter Parker and Tony Stark. But at the same time, I like this is just a Peter Parker movie featuring these people also. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. I thought I think I agree with that. It was important that Peter really was the. The lead I mean, here, and let, let the let the marketing show us plenty of Iron Man. But let the, let the right, and I, 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 that was one of my fears is that it would be Iron Man four featuring Peter Parker, and that's not the case at yeah, all. That's actually what I was worried about too, because uh, again, I've seen the marketing as well. I saw the trailers, I love them, but uh, I was like, oh, I hope that I hope that it's not Iron Man shepherding Peter so much into this movie. But yeah, I, I agree with Aaron. He's there for three scenes, and he's done. I think that that's totally fine. Yeah, I agree. Talking about um Spider Man a bit more, as in in the suit Peter Parker, um, I think what's been established very much so is that we really like Peter Parker. We really like Tom Holland in this role and playing, you know, high school kid. But the action stuff, I want to get into that more because I do... I don't necessarily have reservations about it. I think it's done fine. I think John Watts as a director uh, certainly shows a gift for kind of character interaction, what have you, which is what a lot of these guys are hired on for more so than action sequences. Um, 
but I mean, the action it's it's a, it's done pretty decently. I, I wouldn't say I got yeah, the kind of, I, I there I'll say there was the, there wasn't a part where I got the kind of same thrills I have of seeing Spider Man swing through Manhattan. There was a vertigo inducing scene involving yes. the Washington Monument that I yeah. thought was pretty well staged. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment, there's a there's a there's a nighttime chase that happens, and it or here's another scene, but it's where like Spider Man has to he can't web sling and the result of seeing him swing trying to sling a web <laughs> and it like he realizes I have nothing I can pivot off of with this. It's just like that's clever. Like there's some fun there's some fun. Well yeah those are like the little pitfalls that you have to run uh, through when you're yeah. when you're Spider Man. I, I thought three of the four action scenes were really solid um and gave me enough thrills and I thought they were shot and you know Prevised and put together well enough that I was engaged, especially the, the Washington Monument scene was pretty thrilling. I think part of it, too, is that uh, he doesn't really go in Manhattan in the movie, and Queens doesn't have that many tall buildings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, that's that the reality of geography, is Queens is a much uh, more uh, low key uh, neighborhood. There's not yeah. a lot of tall buildings. So, you know, maybe in sequels, when he makes his way to Manhattan, as we assume he might, there'll be more swinging to do. But yeah, it also, once he gets when he gets really fired from the Stark internship and has to go to J. Jonah Jameson to get a photography job. I, I really hope they get Ice Cube for that role, like was rumored at one point. What? That was a rumor? I don't remember <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. That was a rumor. There was a rumor that Ice Cube was playing J. Jonah Jameson in this movie, and when I heard that, I was like, yep, do it. Interesting. So. Some guy in tights is out there. He's a menace. <laughs> Uh, I'll say this about the action. I I thought that it was fine. I think that some of the night shots were kind of difficult because they they cut a few times. Um, So it was kind of hard to see. I think that last fight where they're fighting in the sky for quite a bit of time, um, that was a little bit difficult to see. But on the whole, I enjoyed what they did with it. The monument scene is probably my best just because – or it's probably the best just because, yeah, it's bright and sunny. But also, again, it still gives you that whole entire Peter Parker kind of unsure – uh, of what he's actually doing. And the thing that I liked the most about it was probably when he's trying to break the glass and Karen tells him it's it's reinforced bulletproof glass. You have to hit harder than that, which yeah. makes total sense to me. You know, it's yeah. just like another, another great little minutia detail that you would write into a script. Yeah. A lot of great funny people in this, by the way, thinking of that scene, because you have like Martin Starr as the yeah. science, or the, the, the decathlon team. <laughs> yeah. Hannibal, Hannibal <laughs> Burris is the gym coach. <laughs> they, they have, both of them have one or two lines that just kill me. Martin Starr, after they yeah. get back and there's that little newscast. That was a great line. And he mm-hmm. says in that, oh, man. Yeah. With uh, the, with the Martin Starr well. was already in an MCU movie, so is he yeah, the he, same character or what? Yeah, I'm sure he graduated from Incredible Hulk when he was in that lab with uh, with uh, Tim um Tim I Makes he sense. should have had a picture he of the Incredible Hulk character in the background of his own. It'd be hilarious if yeah. he did have a photo. <laughs> it makes sense that he would. It kind of, I mean... Yeah. It's been ten years. He could have got his his doctorate and t- teaches high school science or t- high school decathlon classes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot. Like this, this certainly you know it's a, it's a fun, something I note. Like when I to back up, I was watching when I was watching Spider Man Two. Something I noticed is there's a lot of like there's a lot of like comedians and a lot of like Broadway stars in there. This is yeah. kind of similar where there's a lot of like funny people and people you recognize from things that like it's a stacked yeah. cast of like small time players that like right. wow, a lot of people. This, this one has a lot of people from Orange Is the New Black showing up. You know, Sam Raimi did that too, and I think he did it like there's this sense in Sam Raimi's trilogy where every character, even if they have like one moment either is someone you recognize or is so distinctive that you just remember what they look like. Yeah. It's a good point. I, yeah, cause, I love, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, cause uh, yeah, cause you have Bill Nunn, but also 
like the pizza guy is uh, Asif uh, Mandiv. Asif Mandiv is yeah, he's yeah. from yeah. From, yeah and from, 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 how the Sparks is in yeah, yeah, VH1's Hal Sparks is in that. So. <laughs> Weird, folks, Hal Sparks. But I, I also loved in this, you had the dude from uh, Beast of No Nation purely there just to troll Flash Thompson. Yeah. yeah. I yes. love how his name was Abe. And yeah. Really yeah that... was Abraham Atta. <laughs> and you're Abe. What? Yeah. I was in the movie, guys. <laughs> and the aforementioned nefarious Ty Daly, of course. I love Ty Daly. <laughs> I just—it's so random she, that she also like a person that would that would like capture you in her house like misery style though. Totally. Yeah, when you can't get Kathy Bates, you get Ty Daly. Yeah, you get Ty Daly. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other thoughts about um, Spider-Man: Homecoming? Yeah, two two final thoughts here. I love the credit sequences, and I also I think uh, I also enjoyed the score, even though it wasn't crazy. Uh, I didn't remember like every every piece of the score, but I remember that they tried to use the the Spider-Man theme and also uh, some things at the end there. I, I, I enjoyed so. Yeah, you you know what curious. you're gonna get when you hire Michael Giacchino, and he always does a nice job. Yeah. The um the because there's two post-credit scenes. I obviously I won't talk about them obviously, but the second one is uh. maybe my it's it's like maybe one in my top three of these MCU post-credit yeah. sequences. I would it's agree. Rather, Spoiler alert! I, I, rather I saw good. the movie more than twice this weekend <laughs> and one time uh i thought it was interesting to gauge the crowd reaction one time people were pissed and booing <laughs> and one time people were like uproarious so it, it was interesting to see the uh juxtaposition of the reactions you mean people that are sane versus people that like to have a good time in the movies <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> yes <laughs> correct <laughs> I thought it was just delightful. I was like, oh, you guys. Yeah, because they, they actually make a callback to it. Uh, I mean, it's throughout the movie, but, it, but also there's, 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 a, like there's a, 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 it's a rule scene. Of, yeah, it's that. a rule of three thing that they pay off, I yes, think, pretty yeah, well. absolutely. Interesting. Also, the second, not to get, the second time you see that person in the movie, I think, is pretty uh-huh. Well placed. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, so it, it just like it, it. It's like he takes a chair and turns it around and yeah. it's like listen. Like it is just that makes you laugh. A lot. I'm, I'm, I know a joke is good when it makes me laugh the second time because so much of comedy is the element of surprise and a lot of these jokes really work in this movie. Yeah. So Spider-Man: Homecoming. I think we all liked it quite a bit. We had yeah. a good time at the movies with quite it. A bit. Um, when should people go and see this movie? Definitely recommend it in the theater, man. In the theaters. In the theaters? Yeah. yeah. Go see it now. If you haven't, what are you doing? Get up, go buy your ticket, go. Yeah. All right. Well, that was an extended discussion on Spider-Man Homecoming. Let's, um, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to our, let's get to our sponsor real quick. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? Why? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why right now, sir. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone, Android, Zune, or any kind of MP3 device. <laughs> Additionally, I go for the laugh every time it works. Every... Additionally, Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download of your choice. Uh, just go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. You can choose a book to down for free. It's just that simple, and you get to check out the service. If you don't like the service, you get, get you can get rid of it, but you get to keep that book that you down for free for free. So be a winner. And read. Or listen at audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. All right. Let's get to, let's get some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Woo! Feedback. Thank you. 
this is where I don't know why I did that. It was just sort of instinct. I apologize. Because it's it's the infectious fun of our podcast, Maxwell. You just got to get <laughs> into it. Correct. Having the time of my life at midnight. Or it could be 30. that you're like you're you're uh, super tired and just feeling silly right now because it's like past midnight. In New York. I, I'm I'm not actually that tired. Uh, uh, I had a great day. Saw Spider Man and went to Dave and Buster's and won a lot of tokens tickets. But uh, heading to LA tomorrow or Tuesday, so I'm. I'm like riding a, a fun high this week. <laughs> All right. I well, like sorry. <laughs> for feedback, this is where we go over our various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com. Now, podcast, we asked you guys a number of questions. You gave us answers. Then you may have gave us some. I don't think we got any questions this week, though. I don't though. think we got any questions. Oh, that's a, that's a shame. That's okay. uh, it's, been a, it's been a long show. I have a question, though. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that we'll later. We'll save it. For, 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 yeah. for now, we're going to read out the uh, listener responses. And um, you guys, Silas and Maxwell, feel free to lend in your responses as well. Um, first up, Here's the first question. Now that we have a new Spider-Man out there, what do you want to see in an upcoming Spider-Man movie? Callum writes, I don't want to see it, but I am curious. Do you think we will get an Aunt May death in the coming movies? I know they have skipped the death of Uncle Bay and for the death of Uncle Bay, the forms his motivation, great power, great responsibility, blah, 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 shtick this time. But I just wonder if they will still go there with Aunt May in the future. Hmm. Uh, Joe writes, Mysterio! Manish writes an Aunt May rom-com spinoff. <laughs> Tyler writes, Longevity. Can we explore deeper arcs that normally wouldn't make it to screen? Just imagine an, an amalgamation of stories similar to the 90s television series adapted for a modern audience. My mind is racing. And Justin adds, More Peter Parker like before he was Spider-Man. Hmm. Anything we want to see in a Spider-Man movie? I would like uh, to I, see Craven the Hunter. That'd be nice. We got that question coming, I know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, no, no, fine. it's fine. It's interesting, the comment about killing off Aunt May. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I think that, like, it, it's so great having Marissa Tomei in the role, and there's so much to do there that you'd be insane to get to her. Yeah. I mean, Aunt May's still alive in the comics. I was going to ask, yeah, I was like, does that, does that happen in the comics at any point yeah, it's, in time? It's, it's, it's it, not it a does, thing, yeah. And she's still alive. Yeah, okay. But she does die. And then comes back? <laughs> Yes, because it People... turned out she didn't actually die. The Green Goblin got an old actress and surgically mm. altered her to look like Aunt May and had to pretend to be Aunt May to mess with Peter Parker's feelings. The good old smoking aces routine. Classic Green Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would do. Oh, uh, man. Do. And when, when Spider-Man found out the truth and ruined Green Goblin's plan, he must have pumpkin-bombed the hell out of that plastic surgeon's office, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, God. I, I will say that the M.A.'s death was Amazing Spider-Man number 400, and it was actually the first Spider-Man comic I read, and it's so wonderful. It, it, it's insane that they did bring her back because she had such a nice exit. Yeah, she finally got out of her contract, and then they dragged her back in the comics. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I was going to say next question. Uh, next question we asked everybody, Spider-Man and Iron Man are teamed up in this film. What future MCU team-ups would you want to see Spider-Man have? Jason has Spider-Man and the guy from Brooklyn named Steve. Uh, Manisha has Black Widow. They can be super spider friends. <laughs> Justin has maybe Captain Marvel. And lastly, Tyler writes, Spider-Man Daredevil crossover Netflix series. Any team-ups from you guys with Spider-Man? I, uh, personally, I, I feel like Doctor Strange is the really neat one because... With Doctor Strange, you could go anywhere and do anything and have any sort of adventure. Uh, but by a similar token, one of my favorite characters is uh, Ant-Man. And uh, you can sort of do the same thing going into the microverse. 
Mm, or you could just brothers. have Spider-Man get shrunk like a classic like cartoon plot, um, which is dumb, but at the same time would be like, oh, tiny Spider-Man swinging and things would visually look really cool. It's also not dumb if you have Rick Moranis play uh, a role in that movie. I, I kind of like to see Spider-Man and Ant-Man go on an insecty adventure. I just think I think Paul Rudd and Tom Holland would play well off each other. I'm just going to throw out the Spider-Man-Hawkeye combination, because why not? And also, Spider-Man could use some babysitting money, maybe. That would, that would maybe <laughs> play out well. Elizabeth Shue is in this movie? Adventures in Spider-Man, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, Adventures in Spider-Man setting. <laughs> um, our, uh, our next question, what other villains from Spider-Man's rogues gallery do you want to see, and who should play them? Joe, Joe writes, Mysterio with David Tennant. Hmm. Ah. Uh, and he, he also adds... In the MCU, but... He all... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Purple Man. Um, <laughs> uh, he adds uh, Venom with Tom Hardy, which we have already, apparently. <laughs> and um, Carnage with John Cena. I, uh, I, hmm. no, no, I mean, I could see... We have, a, we have another one coming for Carnage. Let's, we'll get to that. We'll, get, we'll address that in a second. Because that's... I, yeah, I, I like John Cena, but he's no Carnage. He's no Cletus Cassidy. I could Let's, see him much more as Eddie Brock, like... Yeah, that that there's your Venom right there. But but uh, but Tom Hardy wants it. He's like, I, I've all all my life I've wanted to be Venom. So <laughs> uh, J- Jason adds Gerard Gerard the Gerard. He wrote Gerald, which is what threw me up. Gerard Butler as Craven and Bruce Campbell as Mysterio. We've been wanting Bruce Campbell as Mysterio since Sam Raimi days. That's yeah. <laughs> well, can, can I ask uh, this? If if Stanley and all of his cameos because of Guardians Two is one person. Does that mean that by extension, that Stanley walks the multiverse of Marvel films and is Bruce Campbell a similar entity? Yeah. Oh, I've I've assumed so. Yes. Absolutely. Wow, that's that's deep. By the way, I've seen Spider-Man two countless times. Bruce Campbell cracks me up in that as the like the the Mater the, us, the the usher that yeah. won't like let Peter Parker into the play. It's just the, <laughs> it's, anyway. Tyler writes Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Craven the Hunter. That's a good pick. That's like a that. that's great. I like that. My my uh, pick for Craven the Hunter was Viggo Mortensen, just doing oh, his, yeah. basically doing his Eastern Promises character. I'd be down for that. I love. I like the idea of Viggo of Viggo Mortensen just be like, "Fuck it, let's do a superhero movie and <laughs> takes the role." Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like uh, the the Craven, the ultimate Craven, who is kind of like this like showboat TV star guy. Uh, okay. And I I could sort of see The Rock playing Craven the Hunter really well. Ah. Hmm. Or like Nathan Fillion if he got buff <laughs> for the role. Of that. <laughs> if it was like a TV show. For... Anyway, uh, let's see. Tyler also adds J.K. Simmons was still J.J. Uh, Miles Tiller could have been Scorpion in a Chazellian twist of fate. <laughs> oh, I see what you say. All right. Uh, Dennis adds Tobey Maguire as Mysterio. Uh, but seriously, it has to be Craven played by Hugh Jackman. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Tyler writes, friend of the show, Tyler Smith writes, Jake Gyllenhaal is Carnage. Now that I can see as Carnage. That 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 would can, be. Can I say? Well, I don't necessarily think Hugh Jackman should play Craven. I do mm. like the meta ness of continuing the Michael Keaton villain with a meta superhero character. Well, that that yeah. was sort of the question I alluded to earlier. I like that. Well, it, it it's fun that that Michael Keaton has played a different yeah yeah, yeah. comic book character. So what? other iconic actors who have played comic book roles would you like to see come into the MCU and play a different character? Oh. Lastly, Justin adds Tobey Maguire's Venom, which was, I think, so <laughs> <laughs> I just like how both, like, two people wrote that Tobey Maguire should re-enter the, the uh, Spider-Man oh, universe if, if as someone else. If they to Uncle Ben, then Tobey Maguire should be Uncle Ben. 
There you go. <laughs> there was a vulture plot where he stole Peter Parker's youth and turned him to an old man. So maybe Tobey Maguire could play like adult uh, Tom Holland. That that actually be pretty interesting. It, 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 <laughs> Jamie Phelps is an adult Tom Holland because they look the same. And they were both in a production of uh, what's the dancing movie? Billy Elliot. Well, he Billy was Billy Elliot, Elliot in, in the yeah, movie. Both played yeah. Billy Elliot in different yeah, iterations. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, next question we asked everybody, what is your favorite Marissa Tomei role? Manish has, before the devil knows you're dead. She's also really fun and crazy stupid love. Adam, friend of the show, Adam writes, the wrestler. Uh, Justin has, my cousin Vinny, small part in Four Rooms, an awesome movie. Uh, Ian writes, obs, uh, Aunt Bay. <laughs> Not even Aunt May. He wrote Aunt Bay. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Evelyn has the wrestler. Uh, Shailen the barber writes, "I bet the Chinese food here is terrible." I don't know. <laughs> is is that referring to? Uh, that's referring to the for my cousin Vinny. Ah, okay. It's like right. it's like the first thing she says. Sounds my like they Vinny. go to they go eat Thai restaurant at in in Homecoming. But uh, anyway, lastly, Tyler has my cousin Vinny or the paper. The paper is a good one where she's like super pregnant. I like her a lot in in the bedroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. Academy yeah. Award nominee for that movie. That's a really sad movie. It is. It's a very sad movie. <laughs> is Tom Wilkinson in the MCU yet? Did we get him in there? I'm trying to remember. Uh, he's like... in the DCEU. Yeah, he, he's a, he's Carmine Falcone. I know yeah. that. So <laughs> bring him over, guys. <laughs> there you go. My uh, my entry, my my first time I ever knew who Marissa Tomei was, was because she was on uh, A Different World. Oh, oh cool. Hmm. That's got to be way better. It's like... It's like 91, 92? Probably like late 80s. If it I'm was thinking. like late, yeah, probably early 90s. Yeah. Uh, next question. What's your favorite thing about Spider-Man? Any early memories? Dennis writes, the costume was the first thing I noticed when I was young. No briefs? What kind of superhero is this? <laughs> then I grew to love the character until he was dethroned by Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman wins again, guys. <laughs> um, and Justin adds, I grew up on the TV show. I just thought he was a cool kid. Yeah. I watched the cartoon show a lot when I was a kid. But I, I also remember, for the first time, really, other than Harry Potter, the hubbub around that first Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't really experienced anything that like that before. And there are big movies, of course, but it, it sort of obviously at the time it broke the record, and it just felt like an event. Very much so. I, I'm. It's not an early memory, but I'm weirdly in the opposite of you, Maxwell, where I was a big Spider-Man fan growing up. Like my two guys were Batman and Spider-Man; those were my characters. And when I saw the Spider-Man movie, I was kind of underwhelmed. Like I, th- I thought it was fine, but it's like, yeah, that didn't kind of win me. Then Spider-Man Two happened, and I was like, oh, I, I'm bored. I like, I like the, I like the, the characters. I, I like agree. The actually, when I saw the first Spider-Man on opening day, I was sort of eh about it, and then it was the second one, but. Because like, the Spider-Man action isn't really good in Spider-Man, but like, like the effects just kind of look eh, a little iffy. Like, all right. but two I, what comes I really along like about, though, and it's like, yeah, let's I do mean, this. Spider-Man now. Two is like one of my <laughs> favorite all-time superhero movies ever. But Spider-Man, what I really like about Spider-Man is just the way that it's written, and it feels very much like a comic book on the screen. You know? Yeah, I, I like it more now than I did when I first saw it. I had so oh, yeah. many, so such vivid memories of the that mid 90s cartoon show also that it yeah i was unfairly comparing it to that as well 
Yeah. I had a lot of the toys from the mid '90s show. I had the Spider Slayer, which was like three pieces. <laughs> like, like it broke up and got these little little pieces. Sounds that like something out. that Spider Man wouldn't have, but you know, I guess that's, um, you know, there's, toys. there's really... no, no. The Spider Slayer is a, the Spider Slayer is a villain. It's a good villain ah, against Spider Man. Okay, he, it's, he's played <laughs> Al- Alistair Smythe, or there was played by the Office's BJ Novak. BJ Novak, Amazing Spider Man Two, could have been Spider Slayer if that movie kept going. I mean, big surprise, guys, but I'm a nerd and you know there's something to be said about this character i was watching in this cartoon show who was also a nerd that's probably my like earliest most vivid memory of spider-man is oh look this guy who's you know just a little bit like me he's a superhero wow that's why i think so many people like spider-man like at the core of it not all of us are billionaires like abe yeah i got the last one okay uh last one's uh who are your favorite supporting characters in the spider-man universe and why uh just writes uh, I think I missed this one, but I love Uncle Ben. He built a solid foundation for Peter to live by. He basically shaped Spider-Man. Yeah, take that, Richard Parker. That's a good... <laughs> I mean, we just talked about Spider-Man Archie being was... kind of met. Something I really like about the first Spider-Man movie, though, is I think Cliff Robertson and Rosemary Harris give great performances on Uncle Ben and Aunt May, and specifically Cliff yeah. Robertson. He does a great job of like giving you just enough of what you need in Uncle Ben to believe in this guy and like why he means so much to Peter, and so it's very sad when he loses him, much like losing Pa Kent in the original Superman movie. Pa Kent. Heart attack in the front yard. But are we talking about Kevin, Kevin Costner Pa Kent? No, not, we're not talking about tornado bullshit Pa, pa Kent. <laughs> 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 I'm talking about Pa Kent in the Superman movie. I agree with you with Uncle Ben and Aunt May, but I mean, I certainly like J. Jonah Jameson. And oh yeah, it's J. 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 all the way. <laughs> yeah, as uh, I forget who Bill Nunn's character is. But Robbie. I, Robbie. I, I, yeah. I love James Franco and, and Sam Raimi's movies. I like their friendship that they have on the screen because it, it does feel like a friendship, right? Uh, especially in Spider-Man 2 when he's asking him, hey, if you know who Spider-Man was, would you tell me? And, you know, he gets really defensive about it. Um, and he's yeah. also hurt by it, which is really cool. It's, it's good to see that that continuity. continuity. Oh, well, it's interesting. When I think back to those, James Franco is what first comes to mind. Hmm. Okay. I thought he had a nice evolution throughout the three movies, even though I don't necessarily love what happens in the third one. <laughs> He's got money. Um, all right. Nobel Prize, Otto. That's this is in Spider-Man too. <laughs> Silas, you have ever done supporting characters in the Spider-Man universe? So uh, when I started reading Spider-Man uh, in the '90s, uh, the Clone Saga was happening, uh-huh. and uh, it, it turned out that Spider-Man had a clone named Ben Riley, and then it turned out Ben Riley was actually the real Spider-Man. And the Peter Parker that we had been following for years and years sort of went off. I think he moved to Portland at the end, oddly enough. <laughs> Classic Spider-Man move. <laughs> um, and Ben Riley took over Spider-Man. And it was this, like, reading the book, I really loved the Ben Riley character just because it was cool to see a Spider-Man that was sort of old and new at the same time. And also just the story of a character that, like, is starting from zero. He doesn't have anyone to to lean on um he doesn't know anyone from peter parker's life and he doesn't have anything i I really enjoyed that um they brought him back later and they sort of ruined the character but uh he he was always one of my favorites Hmm. now he he was the scarlet spider right he was yeah he um so back in the 70s there was this like uh gwen stacy had died in the spider-man comics but it turned out that a teacher of uh gwen and peter's at their college uh, secretly cloned her from DNA they had Makes used. Makes sense. Keep going. But in doing so, because he was in love with her, 
uh, he sort of accidentally clones Spider-Man, too, because Peter Parker was her lab partner. Uh, finds out he's Spider-Man. Spider-Man has to fight his clone. And at the end, you're not sure if the clone lived or died. Um, and then in the 90s, they brought it back and they were like, well, what if the clone secretly got away and had a secret life? So, like, he was operating, living across the country and sort of on the run as a Scarlet Spider before he became Spider-Man officially. All right. Interesting. Hmm. I'm glad that there you have this comic book knowledge, by the way. There, yeah. there we go. We got it out there. Yeah. Uh, so that's our questions. Maxwell, did you have a question for us? I, I asked I asked it. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, okay, right. cool. Never mind. Yeah, sorry. It came out sort of weird. I apologize. Oh, no worries. That's no, fine. That's no, fine. Well, with that said, that's feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. That was good. Let's yeah. um, let's move on now, guys. Let's get to our what? What, what, uh, what time is it? Aaron, I think it might be time for a fun little game here or two. Let him know. In fact, that's actually uh, the ringtone that Ned has for Peter Parker. Of course, yeah. That is, of course, the improv theme for games. And Abe, get your buzzes ready because these are some fairly easy questions about the entire Spider-Man movie universe. And so, if you have the answer, buzz in with your name and tell me what the uh, the answer or answers are. So you're going to ask some ridiculous question, and I'm going to be like Aaron, and I'm going to say what I think the answer is. That's absolutely correct. Okay. Here we go. First one here. Bones on the Grass, played by which real life pro? Or pro- Aaron. Aaron. R- Randy the Macho Man Savage. That's right. Yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage. Bonesaw, no. Oh, yeah, it's just funny. Bonesaw is ready. Next one here. Who plays Dr. Kurt Connors in Spider Man 2 and Spider Man 3? Silas. Uh, Dylan Baker. That's right. It's Dylan Baker. I still want to see his lizard. Me too. The thing was, he didn't study reptiles in uh, the the Sam Raimi movies. Yeah, but trailer one, Spider-Man 4, cut to Dylan Baker in a lab. Guys, have you learned about lizards? I just started studying them. And guess what? (laughs) Plus, plus Dylan Baker can be incredibly menacing when called. Yeah. Go see Trick or Treat. Go see see Happiness. Even on The Good Wife. He had a recurring character that was kind of scary, kind of spooky. He, he looks like a spooky guy in general. Yeah. Guys, this has been this has been out now talking Dylan Baker. Yeah. We've been there. <laughs> By the way, we love Dylan Baker. Oh yeah, he's great. He's a, yeah, he's, great. he's a great character actor. Another show you should watch, Abe. The Americans. He's on a whole season I mean, on I've the seen Americans. Like he's three great. seasons of it. I just haven't kept up with it. <laughs> All right, next question here. What is the first thing Peter shouts when he tries to use his web shooters in 2002 Spider-Man? Aaron. Aaron. Go web. That's correct. Yeah, I wasn't sure if uh, you were gonna get it wrong by saying uh, "up and away" I believe, or "go I believe, web, go. I, believe, I was gonna say he also has "up, up and away." He has "Shazam" is one of them. He as does well. have "Shazam." He also There's... says "fly." <laughs> yeah. Uh, next one here. Which actor plays the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man Two? Silas. Silas. It's Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is correct. Next one here. Which brand of soft drink does Peter knock over while messing with his web shooters in 2002? Spider- Silas. Dr. Pepper. That's yeah, right. Dr. Pepper, yeah. Next one here. What is Peter carrying on his moped in the opening of Spider-Man 2? Maxwell? Aaron. I heard Aaron. Pizza? That's right. Yeah, it's pizza. Mr. Aziz's Mr. Aziz's pizza? Whatever. It, yeah, it's Joe's pizza. It's Joe's it's pizza, but it's but the guy's name is Mr. Aziz. Yeah, Mr. Aziz. Twenty nine minutes or pizza. Joe Aziz. Yeah, Joe Aziz. <laughs> Joe Aziz. Second year. What rank is Gwen Stacy's father in the Amazing Spider Man? Silas. Silas. 
Captain. That's right. Nice, Captain. Captain Stacy. Next one here. Danny Elfman composed music for Spider-Man 1 and 2. Who composed it for Spider-Man 3? Um, hmm. I know the first name. Uh, Aaron. Aaron? Is it Christopher Young? That's correct. Yeah, Christopher oh, Young. All right. Okay. He, it's like themes by Danny Elfman, music by Christopher Young, because yeah, Danny Elfman yeah. got in a big fight with Sam Raimi after Spider-Man 2. <laughs> it happens. I've, I've actually did. wondered if Spider-Man 3 isn't in some ways an apology to Danny Elfman, because when he sort of publicly lashed out at Sam Raimi, he described him in the making of Spider-Man 2 as if he went to bed with a pod under it and became a different person. And then that's literally what happens to Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be... Uh... Hollywood, uh, the the true Hollywood tales that we need to watch. Uh, next one here. Can you name all the actresses that played Aunt May? Aaron, yes. <laughs> next and question. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer. I should have thought about that. But name all the actresses that play Aunt May. Uh, Rosemary Harris, Sally Field, and Marissa Tomei. That's correct here. And just for funsies... Uh, can anyone name the four names that Doc Ogg gives his tentacles in Spider-Man 2? Uh, Aaron? Okay. <laughs> Is it Larry, Mo, Curly, and Shemp? Nope. You I was really it, hoping that'd uh, be it. Two of them. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. he, he was going for the three, because Sam Raimi loves three stooges, so that'd be my, my yes. guess. Is, is one of them Shemp? No, no, one of them is not Shemp. Okay. The answer is Larry, Harry, Flo, and Mo. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Let's do it. <laughs> that, that was games. Let's go out now. Presents what's out now. These movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Um, a lot of things here this week. Uh, the Fate, the Fate of the Furious. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, the, I had fun. The Lost City of Z. One of my favorites of the year. Still. Z too. I love Lost City. You know what's annoying about Fate of the Furious on Blu-ray? Hmm. There's that? an extended edition, but it's not on the disc. It's only well, available only. as a download code. Mm. Uh. Great. Ain't nobody got time for that. Can <laughs> I watch the Can I watch the commentary on said extended edition with the download code? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Did you answer your own question? <laughs> I'm just guessing. Um, I hate that. <laughs> exclusives on anyway smurfs the lost village pass <laughs> I, I, actually, I thought that it was gonna be the best one this year because it's gonna be animated just fully animated but people apparently didn't you, like it you thought they finally cracked the smurfs for big screen <laughs> kind of yeah. um a quiet passion this is the emily dixonson film with cynthia nixon i haven't heard much about it i've heard good things about it i just haven't seen it okay uh, their finest, which I mentioned, yeah, uh, quite good. Uh, Spark, a space tale. Qu'est-ce que c'est? It's an animated film that came out for like a week and a half in theaters, I believe. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Anyway, seals. Like, Curly yeah. old Spark, a space tale. Seal <laughs> <laughs> um, Station. This is an animated prequel to uh, Tra Train to Busan, the zombie film from last Interesting. year. Interesting. It's an animated yeah. prequel. Yes, made by the same director who has a background in animation. Hmm, um, okay. And so I, I'm very curious to check this one out. Whoa. Um, as a fan good. of Train to, Train to Busan, which is on Netflix now, by the way. If you haven't seen that yes, and you want a good correct. Korean zombie film, or just a good zombie, I don't know, it doesn't matter if it's Korean. It's just a good Speaking zombie Speaking of film. Korean films, isn't Akcha on Netflix? 
Yes, which we mentioned last week. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you got to be here to hear this. Eh? I know. But, um, so bad. Um, let's see. The Magician Season 2, now on DVD and Blu-ray. The I don't Magician? watch Magician. It's, it's a good show. It's a good oh, show? That's All right. The, that's, a, that's not the one with the librarians. No, that's the librarians. No, it's the one with their magicians, I had to guess. Okay. Um, right. It's based <laughs> on a book series that was created to be sort of uh, meta and referential to stuff like Harry Potter. So it's about a bunch of... Uh, Older teens, young twenties at like a boarding school for magicians. Hmm. Oh, so it's, it's the co- it's the community of YA novels. <laughs> sort of. It's it's okay. it, it's a pretty good show. Season two is good and it's uh, worth checking out. All right. Here. Uh, let's see on Scream Factory this week. Species. Ooh. The first one. <laughs> the first one. Yes. Oh, okay. They they previously did like special editions of all the sequels. So now they're yeah they did they, yeah. Yeah, a friend of the show, Brandon Peters, reviewed Species 2, 3, and 4, so now the first one has come out as well. Thank you, Brandon. Um, let's see, Smokey and the Bandit 40th Anniversary Edition. Okay. If you're in a car chase mood after watching Baby Driver, there's one to go for. <laughs> and lastly, on the Criterion this week, Robert, Roberto Rossellini's War Trilogy. Mm, okay. So not Criterion Roberto... fans. No, not Roberto Benini's War Benini. Trilogy. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, he has yet to make. What that's about. I was gonna say, is it a War Trilogy? Because Pinocchio was a war on the audiences. Otherwise, <laughs> I don't know what War Trilogy you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, that's Did he play that's Geppetto what. in that movie? No, he played Pinocchio, Abe. <laughs> don't you forget oh, it. Okay. He, all right. He's on, he is on the cover. He's on the movie poster with his like little face, like strings on his hair, not like his hands up. Like, I have a night- I have a nightmare about that about once a month. Yeah, uh, apologies for my lack of knowledge about that. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on now to extremely cool, extremely cool, where we talk about some of the newest things that are now streaming on Netflix or what have you. Um, Castlevania is now oh, streaming I on Netflix. That was fun, or that's it's, it's a, actually kind of cool. What I like about this because I've watched the first episode. It's uh-huh. only four episodes, and they're all twenty-five minutes. So that's that's oh, that means man. I can watch Ultra it and be release. done with it very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool so far. It's very it's very anime influenced. It has um. What's his name? Um, what What's the guy uh, from Thor and Oakenshield? From uh, Richard Armitage. Richard Armitage oh, okay. yeah. and um, Graham McTavish is currently on Preacher. They they voice some of the key characters in that show. But yeah, it's an adaptation of the video game series Castlevania. Um, and yeah, it's pretty neat so far. I'm enjoying cool. what it's trying to do. Um, also on Netflix this week, Lion. Lion's now streaming. Oh, nice. Um, if you, okay. If you missed that Best Picture nominee, which I found to be quite good. Um, I really like Lion. Yeah, so. that's a strong performance from uh, Dev Patel. The Patel and the um, the young boy who plays Saru when he's a child and everybody involved. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, next week, that's extremely cool. Next week's show, next week we'll be talking War for the Planet of the Apes. Every Can't wait. word enunciated. Ooh. Can't wait. Ooh. Ruby Doo, I want to be like you. That's what I have to say about that's that. Like, that's the song that's going to be in the movie? It's yeah, Of course, it's going to okay. be in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, that War... <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's really, it's really out there. It is the Christopher Walken version. That's what makes it really strange. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, Warfield Planet of the Apes. That's the movie we'll be talking next. I'm excited to talk about that one for sure. Same. And uh, yeah. So last thing we do here, what should people see now, and what do you plan to see next, Maxwell? What should people see in theaters right now? Well, like I talked about earlier, as it expands across the country, I would say go see The Big Sick, and I will be seeing a Ghost Story next. Silas, what should people see in theaters right now? There are so many good movies in theaters right now. Um, I, I really like The Big Sick. I love The Ghost Story. Uh, Spider-Man is fantastic. Um, it, it's a, uh, I really like The Beguile. That's the Sophia Coppola movie? Yep. 
It's now in. Uh, it, it added like a, like nine hundred screens to theaters this week, so anybody can pretty much see it. Or a lot of people, a lot more people can see it this week. But yeah, good one too. What are you seeing next? I, I mean, I've already seen it, but I would say I really, I think I can say now, I really liked uh, Valerian quite a bit. Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear that. But yeah, it's, let's. It's fun. It's uh, it's just a big weird movie. Is it very Fifth Elementy? It is, uh, and it's honestly, I, I wasn't familiar with the original comics it's based on until uh, um, very recently, but it, it's really faithful to the original comics, and it it's sort of like this fun, optimistic sci-fi that I don't think we've seen in a while. Cool. Nice. Glad to, see, you, glad to hear that. You, you know I can't wait for this. So. Yeah, well, you know, we both can't yeah. wait for it. We, we both yeah. love the trailer. <laughs> I, we love Luke Besson. <laughs> like doing true, things too. Like yeah. this. As wild as he is, we yeah. just like enjoy everything that he does. Abe, what should people see? Definitely recommend an episode on Homecoming, but I agree with Silas that there's a lot of good movies out right now. Um, you know, again, Big Sick. Uh, I haven't seen a ghost story, but I've heard good things. Next, uh, I'm trying to catch a ghost story, but I'll definitely be catching War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I would say, yeah, um, Big Sick you mentioned, Big Isle you mentioned, Spider-Man you mentioned, uh, Baby Driver still out there and doing pretty kick-ass for an Edgar Wright film. I'm very happy about that. Um, so yeah, those, those are all out there to see. And yeah, next, I, I, I've seen a lot of stuff at this point. So like, I think probably Valerian or Dunkirk will be the next things I see. Cool. Um, and I'm certainly looking forward to both of those guys. As I said, that Nolan guy, he's going places. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, Does he go by Chris or Christopher? I can't really. You know, I call him C-Dog. You call him C-Dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, think, um, I think he likes yeah. to be called Chrissy. Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out and After and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeseek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as on wisetoblue.com, and also on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Follow me on Instagram, oakleydoakley, and twitter.com slash wallersmoose, hashtag go web go. <laughs> uh, Silas Lesnick, where can people find more of your work online? On uh, comingsoon.net and Superhero Hype, and on Twitter, uh, just my name, Silas Lesnick. All right. Maxwell Hadid, where can people find more of your work? Yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell. Very cool, guys. You can find more of the episodes of Out Now Through Internet over on iTunes as well as on Audioboom. You can also listen to us over HHWLOD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on Spider-Man or anything else we talked this week over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we have our Facebook banner contest, so if you want to submit something, email us there. Or at the next place Abe's going to mention. <laughs> you can also submit to us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or you can tweet us things, twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. Feel free to send us any Spider-Man-related gifts over at outnowpodcast.tumblr.com as well. Um, with all that said, Maxwell, Silas, thank you both for joining us this evening. Thank you both. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, a lot of fun to be it's had fun. when you talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, especially when he's, you know, in peak form <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah with that said that's gonna do it for this week's episode so until next time when we go to war with andy circus and the gang that's gonna do it so until then so long and goodbye tony stock was happening got a new suit is styling so go and get to snapping i post it for your players post it for you do a flip then drop a perpetrator stop stop them for you got an apartment with my auntie oh two look like Tammy. make me an avenger spider-man in that family got me if you want me tony got me if you want me said recruit me if you want me took down that man cause you wanted to touch all the sneak attacks i don't need no eyes on them 
It's the Spidey Sense. Ain't got no surprise on me. Call me so amazing, so spectacular. Do all that a spider can do. Web shooters up on my wrist. You know I make it go thwip. That's how I live that Spidey life. That Spidey life. That's how I live that Spidey life. That Spidey life. Taking hits that hurt my ego Vulture, where did he go? Please don't tell my secret Promise me you'll keep it on the low With great power comes great responsibility I promise NYC that I'll never leave Midtown, give me guidance yeah. Every day working on science hey. Take a look at those heroes here And tell me who's the freshest Is it her? Is it her? Is it he? Is it he? Say it's me Say it's me And I'll agree Sneak attacks. I don't need no eyes on them. It's the Spidey sense. Ain't got no surprise on me. Call me so amazing, so spectacular. Do all that a spider can do. Web shooters up on my Do you feel like J. John and Jameson ever wonders how he got these really close photos of Spider-Man? Or does he not care? Hmm. I feel like he probably doesn't care. Hmm. Well, I think the going story with Spider is that like Spider Man and Peter Parker know each other, and he allows Spider Man. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's the narrative that it's Jay the, Jonathan buys into. It, I mean, that's a lot to buy because not only is he like friend, but like so apparently in this in this imagined situation, Spider Man is like giving Peter a heads up on like a by, through like a phone call. Let's go back. Let's go back to the '60s where this is first taking place. <laughs> <laughs> so in this in this in this concept. In this concept, Spider-Man's like, he sees a crime in progress, and he's like, hold on, I need to call my buddy Peter Parker so he can get pictures of the bugle. So he, like, hops down to a phone booth on, like, some corner in Times Square, takes, <laughs> calls Peter Parker up. It's like, Peter, guess what? There's a bank robbery going on in third. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> come quick. Then he gets there. I think he just trusts that Peter Parker is... A diligent crime scene reporter. Yeah. And he'll be there. And when he's there, he's like, hey, Peter, good to see you. I'll pose for some shots when I'm done. He's the we less to... creepy Jake Gyllenhaal. We... <laughs> <laughs> we need to look up the um, Peter Parker's records. He got like the Pulitzer for amazing photojournalism because it, well, it's pretty know. impressive. Would they give it to a part time guy or like a, or a freelance <laughs> photographer? This is a better conversation. Do they give part timers a Pulitzer Prize? Like, like a contract photographer? Are they eligible for a? This is. I think this is fascinating. This is, yeah. <laughs> talk about this. Well, this is getting deep, sir. <laughs> I think the Pulitzer is just based story by story. I don't think it matters if you have a full time position. That makes sense to me. Because right? a guy won a Pulitzer Prize this year who basically runs his own local newspaper somewhere in the middle of the country. Yeah. There you go. It's like a tiny little two man, three man operation, and he won a Pulitzer. So I think anyone. That's pretty can. cool. Take that, Michael Keaton in Spotlight. <laughs> Spotlight? <laughs> I can't do my Michael Keaton right now. I guess it's the, yeah, yeah, generally it's on, on, on key yeah. <laughs> right now. Right now it's what it's on. It just doesn't sound like Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pull your eyelids back and get really hyped, and then you can start getting into it. <laughs> my head ah. is also spin. Yeah, it's, that's 80s Michael Keaton. Uh. Um, all right, let's go through because I'm fascinated by this conversation. <laughs> we should probably keep moving forward. Let's do this. Uh, 
Although with the Nobel Prize, I mean, it's not like somebody works for peace. So yeah, I guess it'd be per case by case, right? So, okay. Nobel <laughs> Prize? How do we get up to that from the Pulitzer? <laughs> you're talking about Pulitzer, so you're yeah. like, well, but yeah, if no one like works for a specific thing, yeah, case by case makes sense. So yeah, okay. So, we got all the like the Oscars where it's like there's a producer of the Pulitzer who gets the or the uh, Nobel Prize. Oh, there They're you like, go. I produced the thing that created world peace. Oh, is there like a best supporting story? And I was like, well, I did all the work. I'm like, yeah, but I, I produced it. <laughs> I'm glad I started recording as we were doing this conversation because hey, it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah. All, right. all right. Abe, you're always recording, right? So we got oh, all that. We got, yeah. that's, that's good. That's yeah. good for the archives. It's good for the archives. <laughs> for the archives. Okay.